Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Hard Foul Radio. We got a special edition here. We've been doing our previews all this week, going down, bringing down each single division. And I got my man, one of the few people that I enjoy genuinely talking sports with. Tony is in the building. And I want to preface that with Tony told me all my shit, all my takes were some dog shit this week. So <laughs> with that being said, Tony, welcome in. How you doing? What's up, man? I'm good. I sent, for the context of everybody listening, I sent Tony, I was like, yo, that's kind of like a recap, because I got all my notes on my computer, I'm like, this is kind of how I was feeling throughout the week, and I think only like one or two of my opinions actually changed once I really started to say it out loud, Um, but I sent him that, and I was like, yo, this is how I'm feeling, and I'm thinking, it's like, like oh, okay, like, that's cool, or oh, you know, like, a couple differences, but I but I feel you, he's like, nah, he's just come straight out there, he's like, no, we disagree on mad shit, so, <laughs> like, a lot, <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> So let's let let's start this. Let's break it down to be, I think, to keep it as concise as possible. We gonna which which conference you want to start with? The AFC or NFC, bro? Um, NFC. Let's start with the NFC. All right. All right. So we're going to NFC. I let, let's start. I want to get the easy shit out the way first. Because if we disagree on this division, we really gonna have a bad show. I think the easiest division in the NFC to call is the NFC West. Because I think two of the teams are really, really bad. One team played over its head, and there's a clear winner, in my opinion. I know if I. So, with the NFC, is it fair to say, let's start here. Are the Cardinals the worst team in the NFC West? The Cardinals are the worst team in football. Okay, cool. We at least agree on that. <laughs> and, All right, so we got that part down. <laughs> and like, them to they're over, they're over under a set of three and a half. It's, I, last time I looked, it was plus money on the – on the under, I think. And I'm like, what world are the Cardinals winning four football games? They don't want to win four football games. Like they and as they, they want they want Caleb. They don't give a fuck what's going on the rest of the season. Like there's a reason you you know it's bad, and I said this in my preview, when you cut Colt McCoy because you're worried that he's just gonna keep you in too many close games. Wow shit. <laughs> like you cut, the end your, of days. you cut your journeyman backup. Like, oh man! And then you had Isaiah says, "Yeah, the Cardinals worse than the NFC West." Cool. Who do we agree? The Rams are the second worst team in the NFC West. Yeah, I think that's that's a by default situation there. Okay, cool. And I said this: I don't begrudge the Rams. I totally get it. You want to? You you got a Super Bowl? Like that's cool. You know this is. The, the aftermath of that, when you trade away all those picks, you don't really have, like, a, a foundation. But but you got a chip, so I'm, I'm not mad at it, right? And I think a lot of fans – the fans will talk shit to other fan bases, but it's like, if your team got a Who ring – Who amongst then, us? Who amongst us? Yeah, it's like, you know, like I said, now Denver's on, like, year eight of this, potentially, so I'm getting frustrated. But, like, after 2015, I didn't give a fuck that they was asked in 2016 and 17. Like, we just got a chip recently, so it's like, cool. Now I feel like you're going to disagree with me. I think Seattle played, and I think Pete Carroll did a hell of a job last year. But I think that shit was just last year. I think Seattle played extremely over their head, obviously extremely motivated because there was like real issues in that locker room with Russ and the former players and even some of the current guys. Um, Not that Seattle's going to be bad, but I think there's a clear gap between them and San Francisco. Like, I think San Francisco is probably top to bottom, potentially the best team in football. 
which is kind of crazy considering they don't even got like a guy who would consider anywhere near a top flight quarterback. But they're that good in so many other places. That it's like that's potentially the best team in football to me. Right. Do you think? Do you this, do you think? You think San Francisco wins the West? I did up until a up until like a week ago. And also hold out got you. Nah, not at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't really take that serious. Um, it's more so like I I thought about the Seahawks roster. It's like okay. But if I put this on a scale of just pound for pound, so you say a quarterback, I would prefer Geno over anybody San Francisco is going to go out there, throw out there. Um, running back, Christian McCaffrey, obviously. Mm-hmm. Receivers, I would prefer to have Lockett, Metcalf, and JSN over San Francisco's receivers. Um, and you could, I, I would put Kiddo into the, to the receiver thing t- as well. I was that's tough because um, I got Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. Plus, I think, I think with all with facts would say better offensive system. So, like, even though yes, I think DK by like DK is probably the best in the group, and Tyler Lockett. Like, Seattle's receivers are probably better pound for pound on their own, but I don't think it's by overwhelming amount. And San Francisco, I think, clearly has the better offensive system. But I'll let you keep going. When we when we get to offensive line, I think I think. You can't go wrong with either. I think that would just come down to what you prefer as far as, like, the style of offense and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Now, on the defensive side, San Francisco, obviously, is the more talented defense. It's the better defense. But I think that for for how – for the division you're in, number one, and the pieces that Pete Carroll has to use in, um, in a Draymond Jones – Draymond Jones on the defense just signed – in a um in the corners the corners in the the back end really you look at Devin Witherspoon who 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 was the second best cornerback to me um number one to a lot of people you look at um who was who was the opposite I'm sad that I'm blanking right now on that one you saying like number um, one or two in the league or like number one and two for I'm like in the draft of someone like oh, okay 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 I was I was I was okay cool I was like we not then you got there. To- you got Tariq Woolen on the other side of him who who came in into the league and established himself as a top flight corner last season. I like Tariq and, and I think that now I have and and we'll obviously get into like standards and everything like that, but for me, I I see the Seattle team winning eleven to thirteen games. I think I I have them currently being the two seed in the NFC. I Whoa. think San Francisco is going to be really good. I think San Francisco is going to win 11 to 12 games. And I think they'll be the sixth seed. But, I like, let's just call a spade a spade. Brock Purdy could be ass. He could be very bad. And Sam but does Donald that matter? Could, they had Sam Jimmy Donald G. They took the Jimmy same. G to a Super Bowl. This is the problem. This is the problem. Like, like Jimmy, I don't think Jimmy they need – if if this is if this is the bar, this is all we need to know. Uh, uh, going to be the bar. This is all we need to know. And the thing with Kyle Shanahan, which which is where we get very confused, is that Kyle Shanahan is not a coach that's going to go nine and eight. <laughs> like he's no, he's not going to go ten and six. He's Kyle Shanahan is going to go twelve and five, or Kyle Shanahan is going to go fucking four and whatever. So. 
tape is out on Brock Purdy and he's not getting the same production, or if Sam Darnold is just Sam if, Darnold, if if this system can't save Sam Darnold, then it's, there's nothing we can do. So it's like, give me what I know in Geno, give me the vet, give me Pete Carroll, give me Pete Carroll who has only missed the playoffs once in like the last nine years or whatever, or twice. No, yeah, once in like the last nine seasons. Yeah. Give me, and give me that stability over there compared to the high floor or the low floor high ceiling that is San Francisco. See, so here's I'll, I'll I'll say this in terms of so I think the one seed does come out of this division, and that's that's kind of a um you'll kind of see the same thing in the AFC South. Uh, I think a lot of people are it's like a trendy pick. I don't agree with it, but I think the one seed comes out of the NFC West because. Seattle and San Francisco probably both get four and zero just off of the Cardinals and Rams. So I, I when and when you beat up your division, it's just there's a real clear parallel for teams that are go like five and one, six and zero division. They end up usually being your one or two seeds. So I don't think it's a crazy take. I know I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. I don't think it's a crazy take to say if you are that high on Seattle that they are going to get to that win total. Um, I'm just not as high on them. Um, I think San Francisco. My my disagreement here is I think a when you get into like great teams to me great teams it's about four to five like true standout type players in San Francisco mm-hmm. it's real easy to get them off the top of my head right like McCaffrey Nick Bosa Debo Warner like you start listing them off real quickly Trent Williams who's arguably the best left tackle in football um, Seattle I don't see that the same way so to say like Seattle Seattle to me just feels like. Really good team, really good coaching. There, I don't think there's any way Seattle can be bad. And I said this to a couple of teams. There's just a, a handful of teams I don't think can be bad. Um, I think Pink Carroll has established that he's even the last year with Russ, where people would say like that was a down year for what they had established together. They still weren't bad and or terrible. They just can't do it. Uh, well, Russ found a way to do it, but Pete hasn't yet. Um, so I don't think it's crazy. I think still. I'm still pretty confident in San Francisco as the as getting out of this. I think San Francisco to me is the clear one seed because I think they are going to go five and one. Six and no is going to be tough. That Seattle game in Seattle is always tough, but I there's a real chance San Francisco goes five and one in division. Um, and part of like I said is just because I think the Cardinal the Cardinals are trying to lose, and I think the Rams are. Besides, they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, it's like. Like Aaron Donald's gonna fuck up a lot of things for them because like I I think Aaron Donald is still if he's healthy is still great enough where it's like he's not just gonna get run over for 15, 16, 17 weeks in a row. So yeah. like they still the Rams unfortunately still have guys who like they're gonna make plays. Like if Cup comes back healthy, he's gonna make plays. Donald obviously, uh Stafford, even though it's probably does towards he finish the, end of his the season in LA. Aaron Donald? Yeah. Absolutely, because ain't nobody taking that contract. That that okay. man is gonna make thirty. That he's gonna make thirty two a year. Like nobody's eating that contract. Yeah. Like and point. he's and he's got way too because he only signed it like two years ago. So it's not even like you could sign. You could take him and be like, all right, well we just gonna get out of this in a year. Like this man says, like three years on his deal. Um. But yeah, Santa Cruz. I think that is the easiest division to predict because I think that is top to bottom. I think that's the worst because the two bottom teams are clearly that bad. Where do I think we're gonna? Where I think we're gonna argue? I think we definitely gonna argue about the NFC East. Um, I can feel it coming. <laughs> let's let's do the South. The South might actually. I'm sorry. I just called the the West. The South is the worst division, top to bottom. 
the South is very South is interesting. Both Souths are interesting, but the, the NFC South is definitely interesting because every team in the NFC South can make the playoffs, and they could all be like contention for the first pick in the draft. They'd be like seven and nine and win the division. That that part, like, oh, you got to eight and nine now. You got that seventeenth game. Kuzios. I do actually have the the. I'll fucking I'll uh, bury the lead on this one. I do have the Falcons winning the division and winning nine games. You got the Falcons doing it? I do. See, I so I want you to hear hear me on this recap before I get into um I I don't have the Falcons nearly that high. I think the Falcons are like the sleeper Caleb Williams team because I don't necessarily see it with Desmond Ritter, and I actually went back and it was like. To me, especially with the AFC, I'm probably a little more um, biased towards the AFC, whereas, like, to be good in the AFC, you need special at quarterback. It doesn't matter how good your team – like, I don't think San Francisco works the same way in the AFC as they do in the NFC. When you're dealing with Lamar, Burrow, uh, Herbert, excuse me, Allen, Mahomes, like, you got to be special and, like, elite or you don't even got a chance. And so – Atlanta, because of the city of Atlanta, like the potential of a black quarterback in Atlanta, the I think Bajan Robinson's still going to go crazy, but I think they could still lose a bunch of games. And I don't think they feel like they're tanking. I think they could just naturally be bad, which is a better taste, in my opinion. Like they, they put out a story a week and a half ago because of NIL money and everything like Caleb Williams potentially staying another year. Now, I don't think it's going to happen because everybody kind of threatens that. And then they still come out because they're still even with NIL money, there's still more money to be made in the NFL. And I think he's going to be great wherever he goes. But if I was him and there was a potential like the Falcons only get a couple wins and I got my choice in Atlanta and Arizona. Yeah, I'd want to be in Atlanta. Um, I think I think we look at the Falcons like. Outside of quarterback, and it's funny because you look at San Francisco and say the same thing, but it's much different circumstance because of the division and expectation overall. Oh, yeah. But outside of quarterback, like Atlanta's, from an offensive standpoint, at least they're really good and they're well coached. Like they're, they're not, Arthur Smith um, is a good, is a good football coach. So, so, and, and that's a team that could have won a division last year. Um, and I think that with the combination of offensive talent they have, I think Desmond Ritter just has to be um, a a good game manager, a good point guard, and I think that they'll put him in position to do that. Now, when it comes to them being like a Caleb Williams team, I, I, they're too well coached. When you look at all the teams that could be Caleb Williams teams, like they don't have – they don't have – good enough coaching they don't have like good enough structure when you look at when you look at a arizona or if you look at shit a tampa who, in this division else? is going to be in conversation because only and see, that's that's enough that's another thing where it's like i think i think that this division is so i think this division is so bad that these teams are kind of underrated in a way because when you look at that tampa defense it's Still really good. That offensively, you you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin still. Um, you know you have Rashad White, who's going to be taking more of the work now that Leonard Fournette's gone. The offensive line isn't the best, really. It's a bad offensive line, but that defense is really good, and and that division's so bad that 
It wouldn't surprise me. I think Tampa's over under is six and a half. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Tampa squeaked out seven wins in that division. I I agree. I think Tampa is once again. I think they're in the same situation as the Rams, whereas like you got a ring. You you bought in Brady. You did what you had, you brought in all these different guys that Brady wanted, and you got a ring. I'm not mad at you. I would like I said, any fan would take that. I do think though, like you even have like a situation where Jensen the center literally tried to play one last get one last run in with Brady and is now he's done for this season and potentially done for his career. He like, might as well say he might not never play again. Yeah, like he was so like they were so invested in that team. And I get it. You got Tom even at 43 years old, like you feel like you got a chance. So it's like and you probably saw the future of like, look, once Tom gets out of here, it's not looking pretty. So like so you have all these guys that sacrificed. They brought in certain guys. Obviously, like everyone knows the stories. But so now they're going to end up paying this price, which is like you got Mike Evans, who I'm I'm going to call Mike Evans as gruntled. I don't really think there's a reason that he couldn't get a contract extension. And if Brady was still there, I don't think it's a story. And I think he gets a contract. Um, Godwin, who's still coming off an injury. Their offense, there's another guy, is it Marpet, I think is also going to start the season injured. I know he's coming back uh, throughout. But like, to, and, and I just don't have it in me to trust Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask to be anything like competent, I think would be a good season for them. Like, I don't think they have a much higher ceiling than potentially competent. And I don't think they get there. Um, The only thing this division has is yes, it's potentially bad enough, which is why uh, I think the Saints win this division, because to mm-hmm. me, the Saints are, and I, you don't even got to be like, like you don't gotta love Derek Carr. I think he's like a great, great quarterback, but you know he's at least good and he is competent. And you can't really yeah. say that with any other team because A, you got essentially a rookie in Ritter, an actual rookie in Bryce Young, and then the Kyle Trash, Baker Mayfield. So it's like the Saints, I feel the best at and I hate their and I and not hate, I won't say hate, but like I dislike that I don't think very highly of their head coach. I don't think Dennis Allen's a good head coach. And so, but I think there's enough You ain't the only one. <laughs> I think there's enough instability in this division that, like, yeah, there's probably no real Caleb team in this division because they're all kind of bad enough where, like, they'll probably all hover around five or six wins and the division winner will get out of here with, like, nine, maybe ten. But yeah. to me, it's maybe. like, I think the Saints are just going to be good enough to not be bad like the other three teams. And Carolina's bad is obviously a much different bad, and you could kind of say the same for Atlanta if – they actually think that Ritter and Young are the future, then they could get five or six wins, but feel like they were competitive enough. They'll feel good going into next year. Um, right. The Bucks, I think this is just going to get real ugly real fast, and the Bucks are going to be – I know the defense, yes, is still going to be good, uh, but as someone who's watched a team put up a good defense and a horrible offense for seven straight years, defensive guys have a tendency, especially when you employ a keep to leap, they get real angry real quick. Um. And so it just I, I could see this blowing up really fast on Tampa. I don't think they're talented enough on offense. And yeah. So it's like I like I don't even feel good about the Saints. I think the Saints would be my first team to lose in the playoffs. If I if I right. like, I give you like my one through seven seeds, I'm like, whoever gets the Saints, that's basically a bye week. But I think they'll <laughs> do good enough. This guy's similar to Tampa, because if we if you take away Tom, if you take away that Tom Brady is so great and scarred all of us for 20 years, Tampa would have been that team last year where it's like, whoever they play, you know, they're getting smoked in the first round, but they got Tom. 
So that was the only reason everybody was like, eh, I can't quite say that because, you know, Tom Brady effect. But Tom Brady not there no more. And I'll say this. He ain't walking through that door. He ain't yeah. walking through that door. And so, you know. Now, if Tampa, I'll say this. If Tampa repeats their win total from last year, that's the best coaching job in NFL history. Y'all did it. Y'all get to eight, nine wins with this post-Tom Brady roster with multiple injuries. Guys have left. Like, you – you. What's my man's name? Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, you you deserve a new contract, my man. Like this, I, but I think this division is going to be really bad. I think the Saints are just going to be competent enough to uh, get it. Uh, who do you have winning then? Because you said you got to you got all these teams being a little bit better. Like I'm I'm shitting on you. Got this team being a little bit better than what I'm saying. Who do you think comes out of it? The Falcons. Yeah, I said I, said I had the the Falcons oh, winning right, right. it at um at nine and eight. I think the and, I think and that would be my fourth seed in the NFC. I think Atlanta probably has for this year specifically the biggest upside because like you have like Kyle Pitts who healthy and has a quarterback getting him the ball like we all think it'd be. I mean, he was a third pick in the draft for a reason. Like he's a potential top five talent tight end. Uh, Robinson obviously could be a potential top five he went running. Three. Yeah, I think it was that three was or wild four. Then. <laughs> he was three or four. I forget which one. But <laughs> he's like, yeah, he was because he was the highest tight end drafted ever. Um, and so yeah, it was either three or four. I'm trying to remember now, but it's like, but the potential is there, and it's like he's he's six yeah. four, six five. He run he they all run like receivers now, but he really runs like a receiver. Um, he's bigger than everybody that's trying to play defense on him. So it's like. There is a lot of upside there, and I think they have two. I think both their tackles are young too. I could have that wrong. And so, like, if Ritter is a, if Ritter's good, so like what you were saying, and he's like that point guard, you know, doesn't have to throw for four hundred yards, but he's not making mistakes, he's not turning the ball over, and he's got talent to throw around him. Um, there's potential here, and like you said, they have probably, maybe not saying much, probably the best coach in the division, depending how people feel about Frank Reich. Never been a huge Frank Reich guy, but. You know, he's got somewhat do of a track they? record. <laughs> like, it's like, do they? That's it's, I, I, I think from a coaching standpoint, from a head coaching standpoint, I I think Arthur Smith's the best head coach out of it. No, that's I'm mean, that's what I'm saying is because that's what I'm saying. Frank Reich technically has like the quote unquote best track record because he's got winning seasons. Yeah. But I've never been a big Frank Reich guy, so that's why I'm like, there's a there's a real easy argument that Atlanta has the best coach. Um, because there's another team I like. Wait, I don't. I think they're gonna suck, but I think I like them a lot more than people do because I believe in their head coach and the young talent they have. Are we gonna argue? I know the East is probably the most controversial one. So let's move on to the NFC North. Okay. You start us off here. How how you feel? This is the NFC North is such a weird division to me because it's the most historically reflected division. Like yeah. This is the first year, potentially, and we said this 15 years ago, and then Aaron Rodgers turned out to be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. The Packers have 30-plus years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, and that's still one of the most insane stats in like sports history to me. To go from Favre to Rodgers is just not fucking normal. Um, The Lions historically suck, and the Bears 
unless your grandparents tell you how great we are, most people in our lifetimes, we got about two seasons where the Bears have been like great. You got this Rex Grossman outlier year and Khalil Max for a season with them. Otherwise, there's a lot of the Bears have just been so so past 1985. Yeah. And, and the Vikings have Kirk Cousins, which I'll let everybody do with that information. What it, they was that, uh, it was that Jay Cutler cramp game. <laughs> in, the, in the NFC Championship, that had yeah, Jay. No, Jay got a year. I'll give him that. There you go, Jay. Jay got a year. They had the uh, they had the fucking the all Sean Jeffrey Brandon Marshall era. Yeah, but those teams are those those are like better on paper than they ever played on the field. Besides, like the one year, like they got to the NFC title game. Those are a bunch of they were good because I I'd always argue like Brandon Marshall was like he was obviously. I'm biased. He was obviously at his best when he was with Denver, but like those teams were supposed to be better. I feel like than they actually what? played out. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, what anyway. what other team he caught 22 passes in a game with? I anyway, look, yeah, and I know. Okay. Any, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, so you start us start us off. How you see the NFC? Who do you think finishes last in the NFC North? The Vikings. That's my hot take. So you really don't believe in Kirk Cousins? Not like not even a little bit. And or the, when you look at no, that's my guy. That's my and guy. he about to and he about to be rich and he about to look over him and be like, this is my quarterback for the next three years. But when you look at when I look at the Vikings, I look at last season. Last season they go what, thirteen wins, they lose to the, they go thirteen wins, they lose to the Giants at home. Um, they they have the largest comeback in NFL history last season. They have one of the craziest games against the Bills that you'll ever see. And time and time again, they had these miraculous wins and these come-from-behind wins. And, you know, that's only sustainable for but so long as that playoff game against the Giants show. You have a defense that is not that good that lost uh, – 30-plus-year-old Patrick Peterson, who was one of their best DBs last year, which lets you know about that defense. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you let go Dalvin Cook. I think that – I think um, Alexander Madison's a good running back, but Dalvin Cook is still an all-pro running back who is still pretty productive. I, 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 I can – I get letting him go, but that's still a talented person in Dalvin Cook. And I just don't see it with this team. Like, I – I don't think that they'll have that same luck as last year. That's some, you know, that's some every once in a once in a career type of luck to have. Mm -hmm. um, and I just I, I look at a defense that I don't think is that good. That may be one of the worst in the league. I look at an offense who has the pieces, and you have Kevin O'Connell calling the plays. So I think they'll be productive. But Kirk Cousins isn't getting younger. Um, the numbers will never will never say that Kirk Cousins is like a bad quarterback or he's not that good. But like if you watch the games, you can see that okay, it's something here that just isn't connecting all the way. You know, it's 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 something here where it's like he's not he's not um, a bottom tier quarterback, but he's not. Burrow or or fucking no, he's, he's or Allen or those guys. 
he's competent in like personified. Like you'll never be terrible with him, but it's really hard to be great with him. You have you have a ceiling, and it's not like a super high one. So, but yeah, that's that's like one of my hotter takes. I guess it's not that hot to me, but I can see how it could be that hot that the Vikings finished last in the NFC North. So it's it's polarizing. So I listen to Colin a lot. And so Minnesota's got two like wild last year. So they lost it's I think the numbers are they lost seven one possession games two years ago. And so they were a a trendy pick, a bunch a bunch of um, uh, major media analysts be like, yo, you're not gonna lose seven games on possession every year, like they gonna be better. Not that people mm-hmm. haven't won 13 wins, but it's like they gonna be better than what they were two years ago when it was it was tragic. Um, and then they obviously have last year where they went the total opposite way of that. Opposite way, yeah. Yeah, and so I do think yes, at some point this is going to kind of middle out. Um, I got them better than at least one of the team in that division, but I do have them as a third place team. Um, I do think, and this and it sucks because I do think there's players who are Justin Jefferson is worth, unfortunately, due to the position he plays. I think he's worth about a game and a half which means I think there's one game he's probably going to outright win you this year where he's just going to go crazy. And I think there's going to be about another game or two where it's he's going to need more than just him, but he's going to he's going to keep you close, right? In a game that you should lose, he's going to go for like 150 yards, two touchdowns, and he's going to keep it close. And depending on what the rest right. of the team does, you're either going to, you know, either going to win by 3 or lose by 3 kind of deal. Um but I do think they go back to the means I don't think you know I don't think I'm on either end of the extreme this year I also don't like there's a lot of teams where I think are going to feel like the effect of I don't want to say screwing over because you guys are all adults getting paid millions of dollars but guys in the locker room are going to feel like they're screwed over Dalvin like and I think that's going to come into play for a lot of teams this year that did do that uh, where guys are going to feel away because not it's not just the fact that you lose your a very productive running back Dalvin's with him for six years or five. Yeah. Yeah. Five, six years. And so you got guys who got relationships with him. You guys like, that's your homie. That's your friend. Like that's someone who's been there for you. And it's like, and it's like, Oh yeah, it's your job. You got to play. It's like, that shit don't always work. And so, and especially if you another player trying to get paid, it's like, well, what if they don't think my position's worth it? They just going to kick my ass out of here too. Like yeah. Jefferson's going to get paid, but that's pretty much the only guy that that team and that franchise has been like, we're going to pay Kirk. Yeah, because you got to pay your quarterback, and if he's just average, and we're gonna pay, we're gonna pay Jefferson, which they should pay that, Jefferson. And to that, the GM already came out and, and told Kirk, like, my, like my, my man, you ain't, you ain't one of them. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you know, there's a lot of. I think this is gonna be. I think there's, like I said, I think there's only one team worse than them. Um, but we'll get it. who you got in third place. Third place, I have the Chicago Bears, but. I have the Chicago Bears in third place fighting for the seventh seed in the playoffs. Oh, see, we we so we really disagree here. So we I now I came a long way on this, and I think if Chicago's offensive coordinator is worth a shit. Now a week ago, and I think I ever texted this like a week, week and a half ago, I was like, Oh, I'm not on the Justin Fields MVP hype, but I could see him having a really good season, right? Mm-hmm. More and more the last week as I was really digging this, I'm like, I could really see this man have it. I, I, it's tough to say MVP because 15 in Kansas City exists, so it's kind of hard for me to say like, yo, somebody's definitely like an MVP over him because he's just such a clear outlier and best player in the league. And I got to see his ass but, a lot during the but season. You, 
you got to know that they'll they'll look for a reason to not give it to them. Too, no, a, th- so. a thousand percent voters will. But I, I'm like, for me, I'm not somebody who's like, I'm the nigga who would have gave Mike 10 MVPs. I'm the nigga who would have gave LeBron 10 MVPs. Like, I just, I'm big on it's like, if you clearly are the most valuable and best player in the league, it's like, like you're dictating how the league is running through right now. Yeah, I, I don't give a fuck if you get eight or nine of them. I would just tell everybody else get better. I don't, I'm not the storyline MVP guy. If Justin Field, if, if, if the Bears coaching staff and the new weapons they brought in, it, it, this could be this could be some magical shit, man. This could be like, for example, to use for since you on since you here and a, a recency example, this could be like Lamar when twenty nineteen. Like, there's no reason it couldn't be. You get an offense that fits him. He is the arm talent, and I'm not saying he's like the most accurate quarterback ever. But like mm-hmm. Justin Fields at Ohio State, the reason why he was noteworthy is because he wasn't just a guy who could run. Like obviously he was an athlete and he could, but he was an in the pocket guy. Like Ohio State ran like a pro style offense, so the arm talent is there, and he's clearly such a he's in that these guys are all one percent athletes, and he's in that zero point zero one percent where he's breaking off fucking fifty yards runs, out running corners, uh, linebackers like. I wasn't he was there. Last season. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I wasn't there a week ago, but the more I'm like, if they're just competent, if they're just competent, man, Josh Allen went from a below average to MVP level because he got competent coaching. Didn't they sign Mike Justin, I'm sorry? Didn't they sign Mike McGlinchey from uh, San Francisco? No, he's on Denver. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But like, t- like there's. There, this is potent. Like this is like the Allen type jump, and I think Justin Fields. If you go just raw ability and talent, and not I'm not trying to like put somebody down to raise somebody up. I think yeah. there's an argument he is more talented, raw physical traits wise than even Allen is. And Allen's running people over, jumping over people. Like kudos to him, props to him for that same kind of jump he took. I'm, I'm man. There's a lot to like, <laughs> and, and and in back no, of my head too. In the back of my head. I love it for Justin Fields. I hate it for the group chat. So I know I'm going to have to hear Will's ass all fucking year if you went up MVP numbers. And that shit already in my head. I'm like, yo, like, like you could be great, but don't like, like be a, like be a, be a pro bowler, right? You don't need to be a fucking MVP, but like, oh, I think there's, bro. yeah, I'm like, but, oh, uh, so yeah, I, I, I definitely don't got him third. I got, I got the bears a little bit, a little bit higher. Uh, okay. Who, why do you think the bears are third? You said you had to fight for third. a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah, I have him fighting for the seventh seed because I, when I look at the offense, like you mentioned, you know about Justin Fields, like I was, you know, I, anybody that has ever listened to the content we made as it surround as it is about the draft or football in general, I was high on Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State. It made zero sense to me why the Jets weren't, but that's another story for another day. Um, if and was cold, I'd be more pissed about it too. But that's neither here nor there. And to see, and to see what they've done for him this offseason, getting him DJ Moore, making that move, getting him, you know, a more solid offensive line, you know, um, showing showing up that a little bit for him, um, giving him signing Bob Tunyon from uh, Green Bay, who's two years removed from his knee injury, and I think he'll have a big bounce back season. 
Um, I like Cole Komet. I think Cole Komet complements Justin Fields really well as a tight end. Um, Darnell Mooney's rumored in trade rumors, but I don't, I don't know nothing about that being like true. So I think he's much better in that number two role. Um, if Claypool can give them anything, and as a number three, I think that's a plus. You have, um, you have Khalil Herbert, and you know the running game is going to go as Justin Fields goes anyway. That's how that works with like great mobile quarterbacks. So I just I see this team being able to fight now. I I will not going to say that I have them being the seventh seed as of right now, but I do think they'll fight for it. That's right. So then you then you really hot you I see you either really really high on Jordan Love or you really high on Detroit and I got so we got a, who who you got coming in second bro? I think you got second, two teams from this division the way it sounded. I do, <laughs> I do, and second I have the Packers. Uh, I have the Packers at two, and that's who I think will probably end up getting the seventh seed at I would say at about nine wins. Now you gotta you got you gotta you I have the Packers coming in last. So I'm obviously not nearly as high on them as you are. I gotta I, I gotta ask why why the Packers are two? I guess nine the wins pack? doesn't sound super crazy. It's not like you coming out and being like, oh, they're gonna be like great, great. But right, nine wins right. is a really good season for what feels like we just got you just got an unproven quarterback. Like just simple as that. Great question. Um, looking, going back, if I go back a few years, I think it's 2020, and I look at Jordan Love in Nevada, and I said that I would really love for him to go to a team that's going to give him the, the chance to throw the ball deep because I thought he had a really good deep ball in Nevada. He wasn't around a lot of talent, but I thought you could see that within him. So fast forward to where we are now with this Green Bay team. I think that they have one of the top offensive lines in football. Um, I think Alton Jenkins is one of the more, I'm not going to say underrated linemen, but just really good, versatile linemen. Um, if David Bakhtari can be anything of what he has been, that's that's the ultimate plus for that line. I look at Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones, one of the best running backs in the league, has been for a long time, and I think that he'll get much more chance to show that with Rodgers gone. I look at this receiving core, and you know how high I was in Christian Watson last year. I said that we, when we asked the question, if we look back at this draft and we say, who should have went first round? And I said, I think it, I think we'll look at Christian Watson that way. And he proved that last year, but with that uh, like six week stretch that he went on with just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And going to the other side of the ball, this defense, which has been very underwhelming over the last few years, to say the least, probably since they went to the NFC championship game against Tampa. Yeah. This defense has been very underwhelming, but I think that getting Jair Alexander for a full season healthy, getting another year of Devontae Wyatt and um and the other the other Georgia guy they drafted is escaping my mind right now, but and you look at um just the pieces that this defense has, I think they, they will have a chance to put it together. And um, really, really excited to just see this team. I think Jordan Love is going to be playing with a lot of confidence. I don't think that he's second-guessing, you know, his place there. I think 
he knows and and they've emboldened him to know that hey, this is your team. We trust you. So I feel really good about the Packers. No, that's that's it's fair. I'm like I said I think with some of these teams, it's like I think people sometimes and that's why I'm asking for win count on some of these is like Sometimes you say like, "Yo, a team's like in last place," and people immediately think like, "Oh, you think that team's gonna be trash?" No, sometimes, but some somebody's got to come in fourth. Somebody's got to come in third, right. and so sometimes it's just a reality. Like, I'm very clear on the couple of teams I think are trash. Like, I think Arizona's gonna be awful. I think Tampa's gonna be awful. I think the Rams are gonna be awful. I don't think there's a lot of awful football teams though. So even though I have the Packers last, I don't think they'll be awful. I think they're just gonna have similar to I think I think Rogers' first year they were five and eleven or six and ten something like that. Like it was not this. Aaron showed he could play, but they he clearly wasn't obviously what he was going to become. Nor were they ready yet um, to be that winning team. Like that transition from Favre to him still took him like a full season and a half before he really became Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, and so I don't think there's like a bad team in this division. Um, that's why I kind of went with like the upside part for me. It was right for like I think. Chicago and Detroit, I think, have far more upside right now than the Vikings and Packers, but I don't think there's a a legitimate, like, bad football team in this division. And I think LaFur is a better coach than people give him credit for, which I think you'll get Thanks. to you'll you'll get to see more of that. And it's it's impossible for any coach. Like it's a it's a a blessing and a curse where it's like, yeah, you love starting your career there in Rodgers, because that means you're probably gonna win more games and get more time to coach. But you're also going to get kind of knocked down as a coach because they're going to be like, oh, well, you had Aaron Rodgers. How great were you? Um, the NBA is a really easy example of this. Like, we all acknowledge Spo now as like a top five coach, you're a top three coach, probably currently coaching. And he's, some people tell you he's like a top 10, 15 coach ever. And it's like, we weren't saying that in 2011, 2012 when he had LeBron, D Wade, and Bosch. So remember, remember when they got off this little star motherfucker says, Pat Riley going to come back and coach this team? They would, man, look. The way this is why I, I I joke between like this and uh when we talk A and M is like there's a reason why like certain people are authors and it's like it's cool to be a fan of a book but you should let the author write the book and when it comes to sports it's cool to be a fan some fans you should just keep your opinion inside your house on a Sunday when you drunk and pissed off with your friends with whether your team win or lose because uh man so you got. So you got okay, so we're both high on Detroit then. You got Detroit winning the division. I got Detroit second place. Yep. I got win division at ten and six. Third seed in the NFC. Okay, so we're similar. We got this Not ten, like ten a, and seven now. But yeah. you know. But we got this as like a really close like I think the Bears I put at a I put at eleven wins. Um but I wouldn't be shocked. I think I think this whole division potentially is the Bears at eleven wins. wins. I, I told no, I told it's been a whole renaissance. This last week we got <laughs> the shit that I because like I said, the comparison being, and I know it's it's cliche to the whole like black quarterback, well like quarterback comparison. Even you as a fan probably didn't think like the Ravens was winning 14 games that year when Lamar busted out and became MVP. But he hit such a high level for that stretch and for that season. They they were the ones that year, right? Yeah, yeah, 14 yeah. So it's like, to me, if Justin Fields, if the coaching staff in Fields, like if it really, cl- if it clicks, clicks, and he really hits that level, absolutely he get to 11 wins. Because he's, I think if they, if he's that good, I think they beat the Vikings twice. 
I think they beat the Packers twice, and I think they split with Detroit. That's five wins right there. So you only got to go 500 against the rest, not even 500. You go under 500 against the rest of your schedule. That's just, like I said, the whole last week, I have, like, totally flipped. And I thought Fields is going to be good. But I have even flipped from, like, the, I think I think it's damn near boom or bust. I think he's either going to be crazy or it's going to go downhill really quick. And I just don't think it's going to go downhill. But and there's a real good chance. Like, but I think everybody in this division is about 7 to 11 wins. The Packers maybe, depending on Jordan Love, because he's the most unproven, maybe six. But even that, I'm like, I feel like they're too good everywhere else to be five wins or below. Like, I just don't think they can be bad. Like, this is a really good division, even if it doesn't have the quote-unquote, like, San Francisco or Kansas City, like, the clear elite possible Super Bowl team or a Philly. Um, let's start arguing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So the NFC East, I, I probably gave – and I'm probably the only person that said this. I probably said, I think Washington could be in second place. And I think people I, looked at me nuts. I don't think that's crazy. I don't I don't think that's crazy at all. I think coaching has to matter to some degree, and I think coaching clearly does matter. Washington potentially, and if this is a really hard statement to like pass off, because I'm talking about totality of a coaching staff. Obviously, like Bill's in his own class. Tomlin's probably most people's top five. Andy Reid's in his own class. Like, So they clearly don't have the best head coach in football. But if I'm going a combination of Ron Rivera, Eric Bieniemy, Jack Del Rio, like this is a potential top five coaching staff. I'm talking about top to bottom. Like I said, you can't compete head coach. Yes, Ron Rivera is not those guys. No. <laughs> like, this is a really, really good coaching staff, potentially, even if niggas is bitching about Eric Bianami being too hard. Like, there's a lot here coaching-wise. I'm also not nearly as high on Dallas as I think everybody else is. Um, I think what we saw from Dak last year is a lot of what Dak is potentially going to become. Because Dak, and props to him for success, props to him bouncing back from his injury, he's always been an overachiever. Like, there's a reason, like, we love the stories, but there's a reason he was a fourth-round draft pick. And it's not like he just outplayed it by such a vast margin. We just looked at everybody and said, oh, everybody's just wrong. They totally blew this pick. Nobody saw it. Like, Dak has still been attached to, well, his best years were Zeke was great. Or his best years, whether Amari Cooper is gone. Now we are years removed from Zeke being great. We are now going to be years removed from Amari Cooper. I'm not nearly as high on CD. Like I think CD Lamb's a good receiver, but I don't think he's like everybody. You know, every, every receiver gets jumped to number one if they're number one on their own depth chart. But like being a true number one, I'm not quite there with CD Lamb. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is more in terms of like mainstream. I'm like I think the Eagles are clearly the best team in this division. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the Giants are going to have the worst running back, like negative running back effect, which is when your best player, you clearly, you screwed him over in terms of trying to get a contract, trying to get paid, et cetera, et cetera. Not, not as bad as the Colts did with Jonathan Taylor, but like if, if Jim Irsay wasn't a person, this was pretty close to being the worst execution of like your franchise's best player. And then you handed a guy who nobody thinks is the franchise's best player. 
$45 million a year. And that to me is just, that's, I think, I think the giant is as good of a, as great of a job Dable did last year. And as good as a coach, I think he is. I think this is going to go real ugly, real fast for the giants. Um, See, I'll let you, I'll let, so I'll let, I'll let you go. What do you, who you got in fourth in the NFC East? Last place in the NFC East, I have, I actually have the commanders, but like, I don't think that, (laughs) I don't think that it's a situation where they're going to be like dog shit. Somebody's got to finish fourth. Yeah. Somebody just got to finish fourth in that division. Okay. Okay. Now. We'll get to when we get to the when we get to the Cowboys. Who you got, who you got in third? Third place, I have the Giants, and once again, I think a team that's going to be actually the Giants are in such a shitty situation because you look the Giants got better, but I don't think the Giants are going to make the playoffs either. Though I definitely don't think they make the playoffs. I I I think there's something too, and it happens every year, and nobody wants to like. It's hard to point them out. Somebody always overachieves every year, and that's fine. That's what makes sports dope. That's what makes, you know, like every season its own thing. But the Giants overachieved, and even though they did get better, did they get better from the five-win team they were two years ago, or did they get better from the 11-win team or 10-win team they were last year? Yeah, I think they're better than the five-win team, but I don't think they're a better version of the the double-digit win team. So, like... Um, but yeah, it's like, <clears throat> I just, yeah, no, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not high on the Giants either. Uh, who you, I'm gonna take a guess. <laughs> see, and I know this one, this one, see, see, what y'all don't know is this one got to kill Tony because he got to put a black quarterback in second place. It was easy to put say it was easy to put Daniel Jones white ass in third place. Easy to put Sam Howell's ass <laughs> in fourth place. But now you really got to choose between like Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. Like somebody got to finish second. You, you um, think I look at you think I look at Dak Prescott as fucking a black quarterback? I think I saw on Twitter they said if Malcolm X played for the Cowboys, I'd call him a coon. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like that like that is. Hey man, Jay, when Jerry started talking to you. Jerry start telling you, like, yo, I could really put you up on, like, hundreds of million dollars. You start looking at other niggas like, man, I don't even like them like that. You know, those aren't even really my people. Start giving niggas a soda. <laughs> it's like you start getting some extra zeros in your bank account. Uh, I did. So you, so, who, so, so you got the Cowboys in second place then is what I'm hearing? Yeah, I got the Cowboys second place. I think they finished. I think they finished 10 and 7. Got them as my sixth seed. You had a lot of teams around that nine ten win mark. Do you, ooh. yes? Go ahead. Because then we know. Then you got the Eagles going first. Who yes. is to you, and not necessarily like your, your Super Bowl pick per se. Although I guess they probably would be. Who do you? Who, in your opinion, then is like the class of the NFC? Like the the, the, the team that, I, so how, like without a doubt, the Eagles. So you got Eagles. I'm, I'm assuming then you got the Eagles going. But what what do you think off the top of your head, like a win count for them? 13 to 14 wins. 
I don't see how they and really I'm I'm leaning fourteen again, but I I say thirteen to fourteen. I don't see how that team doesn't win at least thirteen games. And then you had Seattle as the two seed. So you got Philly, Seattle, and those are your top two. Man. See, I think Philly is two. Not two seed, but I think they are two. I, I think two is like they are the best team in the NFC potentially. The only reason why I don't think they have the one seed or potentially the one seed is going to be harder for them is, like I said, I think San Francisco is going to get to stack up wins on a lesser division, and that kind of shit matters Yeah. Um, in terms of just like getting your record. Um, so I said, I think the commanders are going to be good, and the commanders, the commanders played with them last year. Yeah, because they took them out from being undefeated. Um, yep, yep. And it's like, I think they split with the Cowboys. And even though I think the Giants are going to be worse, they could probably get two out of the Giants. Um, yeah, no, it's it's tough with them. And, and their biggest difference, obviously, between them and San Francisco, well, I do think San Francisco, and these are all splitting hair kind of things, I think San Francisco take out quarterback is like a hair better in certain areas. But then you get to play, then you get the quarterback. And Jalen Hurts is clearly a far and away better player than Brock Purdy is. And I think Purdy's going to be okay. I don't think Purdy is going to be like, I don't think Purdy's going to turn into like a shit show. Um, I think he's going to be fine. I think average is good enough for that team, but Jalen Hurts is far above average. Um, right. So their ceiling, I think, is also incredibly higher. Like, I know everyone, I know San Francisco fans, and I get it. We all do it. We'd all say the same shit if it was our team. Like, your quarterback went out in the NFC Championship game, and that's why you feel like you <laughs> lost. I'm, I'm here to tell you, as somebody not a fan per se of either team, <laughs> I don't they gotta know. let that go. Yeah, I was they like, I don't know. That's, like, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I would say the same shit, man. Like, yo, and our quarterback got hurt. They ain't even really like that. Like, we could, we could add a chance because we all do it, and that's cool. That's be that's part of being a fan. But I do think Jalen Hurts is that special. I do think it's I really think, hard to go I to back to Super Bowls. Special. I think he is that special, but I just think that when you look at that team and you look at that team and you say, okay, they're pretty much returning the same group. Now, a lot of things shook their way last season for sure, which happens. Like, they're not the only, oh, yeah. they're not the only team that have some good luck shake, shake their way. But you look at A.J. Brown's coming back. AJ, I don't even think A.J. Brown's 27 yet. Like, they, you have season. He's – he showed he showed that he could be a number one already before AJ Brown got there, and putting him as like a very very like it's incredible for that team. You still have Dallas Goddard. Um, they got Deon, DeAndre Swift from Detroit, who I think is going to come in and be really good for them. The offensive line is still pound for pound the best offensive line in football. The defensive line you lost. Um, you lost Javon Hargrave, which 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 hurts, but that's still a really good defensive line. Um, oh, yeah. Darius Slay is up in the years, but he's still a top tier quarterback. Uh, James Bradbury resigned him. He he balled last year for you. The safeties, there's questions around the safeties on the back end, but I think uh, I think I think the safety the safety group is fine. I think it's I think it's enough for them to win the the NFC again for sure. And like I said, Jalen hurts. Him taking another step forward, 
I just I'm just I don't see how that team doesn't go back to the Super Bowl. I'm not gonna lie. Like with all due respect to this, the San Francisco's and the Seattle's and and anybody else, I I don't see how the Eagles don't go back to the Super Bowl. I'm not mad at it. I think there's um like I said, I think I think Philly and San Francisco, I think we're heading back for I think convincingly that's the NFC championship game barring injuries. Um it's just it's no Philly is stacked. The same way you could go like San Francisco, like it's really easy on Philly to start like naming off. It's like Hertz, Lane Johnson, Kelsey, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Bradbury, Darius Slay. Like you start, you, you like you can name off like really high impact guys really fucking quick. And he's like, yo, they really got like every fucking position. Like every fucking position group got like a guy. Like every every yeah. group has a guy. <laughs> like there's potentially like besides maybe linebacker, every position group got a Hall of Famer. And they ain't, there's definitely not too many teams saying that. There's like two to three max. And I think right now it might just be them in San Francisco where you could argue like every group got like a Hall of Fame level guy. And the difference in Philly and San Francisco is you, you can't say it yet with Hurts, obviously, but it's like potentially there's like there's Hall of Fame potential in Hurts versus Purdy. It's like, like I said, I don't think it's going to be bad, but I think the best version of Purdy is just being good. Um, and that yeah. works while San Francisco is loaded on talent. Yeah, it's um, fine. Yeah. Um Okay, okay. So we didn't we didn't we didn't disagree as badly as I thought we were going to. We got we both got at least when it comes to the top of the divisions, we got some disagreements here in the bottom. But we both got the Eagles coming out of the east. Um in the west, well, you you got Seattle, but it's it's okay to be wrong. Um South <laughs> the, the South, like I said. I don't think any of us are like super high on a team. Like I said, I got I got the Saints because I think they're just gonna be the most competent. You got the Falcons because they're gonna in terms of like coaching, like it's not really a strong division. We're just like this is the team we think is gonna suck the least. Um yeah. and then the North, we both high on Detroit, and then I've just I've just started taking Justin Fields for MVP pills. So when I start when I start making uh really irrational bets and start asking you niggas for money, just just know that's where it went. Um I'm gonna start talking. Now they start going like over under for Justin Field, like 250 passing yards, 75 rush yards. I'm betting the over. Like, oh yeah, this thing gonna have that. This is gonna have that. He's gonna have that at halftime. He's gonna be good. He's gonna he gonna get it like easy quick four or five. This is like the 07 Patriots, baby. He a one man offense. Um oh man. We're gonna take a quick break here on Hartford and we're gonna come back with the AFC. Appreciate everybody for listening. I'm going to cut it at Yeah. Spence. Nigga, where am I going? Drop the phone with my cup, now I'm floating. I can't feel a thing, to be real, I just go through the motions. Where am I going? Nigga, I'm in deep like the ocean. I've been in my bag, everybody around me, I'm ghosting. Where am I going? Drop the phone with my cup, now I'm floating I can't feel a thing, to be real, I just go through the motions Where am I going? Nigga, I'm in deep like the ocean I've been in my bag, everybody around me, I'm ghosting Where am I going? I don't know And we are back for part two of this NFL season preview I'm joined once again by my man Tony, how you doing? 
I'm good, man. I'm good. So let's leave. We'll, we'll hit the fan divisions later. So we got to save the West and the North, even though the West probably has the easiest division winner to predict possibly in the whole NFL. Yeah. Oh, so let's start with, we're going to go first. AFC East or AFC South? Uh, we can do the South. Yeah, we can do the South first. All right, so the South. The South is really bad. Um, Now, there's a team I like in the South a lot more than everybody else does, but I don't think they're going to be good. I just like the direction the franchise is going. So mm-hmm. starting with the AFC South, um, we're, we'll, we'll go as we've been doing, which is last place to first place. Uh, okay. la- last place, and this is the team that I really like what they have foundationally going, but I still don't think they're going to have a really good record. And that's the Texans. I like D'Amico Ryans a lot. I like C.J. Stroud. I like – I keep forgetting his name, and I fucked it up all during throughout the week. The guy they took at third, the pass rusher from Alabama. Um, Will Anderson? Yeah, Will Anderson. I, like, literally could not think of his name. I haven't even had – I had to pull it up by the time Thursday rolled around. I had to just pull it up and keep it on, like, the side of my computer because I could not remember his name for the fucking life of me. Um, So, But, like, I like what they're doing, and I like that if – because they still have more picks because of Mr. Freaky Boy that got traded, is right. if this turns out to be like your core and they're like one of those three to five win competitive teams and they have a, another really good draft next year, I like the Texans a lot two years down the road. This year, I don't think they're going to get a lot of wins, but I think foundationally there's a lot here to like, uh, but I still got them going in last place. Okay. For me... <clears throat> my last place team I have. I was I was actually going back and forth with this because for the if you would have asked me this like a week ago or a few days ago, I probably would have said the Texans too. But I actually think it's the Colts. Um when you look at the Colts, they don't they have one real wide receiver of note. Um you don't really know what's going on with the Jonathan Taylor situation. That is going to continue to raise its head, um, even though he's not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. The defense isn't as good as it's been in past years. Specifically, the secondary isn't uh, too great. Uh, as Shaq Leonard is coming back from injury. Um, DeForest Buckner is still there, but I mean that didn't mean much last year. I don't see why it would mean much this year when they have less expectation and less uh reason to win i guess and then when you look at the yeah. texans who i'll just jump into it now i have at the texans third i think that you know they don't have their first round pick uh next season they have much more incentive to win i think that D'Amico ryan's is going to be very important being back in houston i think he'll have a really good first year as a head coach for all things considered and then i think that from a talent standpoint they just have more than the colts even if the, in the long run the Colts could end up with the better rookie quarterback, they just don't have much around Anthony Richardson right now for me to justify putting them above the Texans. So I think the Colts – so I got the Colts in third place, which I think is probably general consensus. These are the two worst teams in the division. Not that the division's great overall, but both are starting rookie quarterbacks. Both are in a transitional part in their franchise. Now – I think both these teams, like I said, these teams might only win three games, three, four games. Like these aren't going to be very good, very and maybe competitive football teams. And they're both uh, when I did like my themes for each division, like this is a really optimistic division. 
you've got two young quarterbacks and a lot of a, a young guy who's in his third year who a lot of people are telling you is potentially a future top five top three quarterback depending on how you feel about Trevor Lawrence so there's a lot of optimism in this division um I think though in terms of what I think helps bad teams win games is the few playmakers you have is how much I think they're going to step up and while I like CJ Stroud a lot I think Anthony Richardson is going to have more highlight slash game altering plays now once again this is only impacting a, a one or two wins a year right so I think that every roster is good enough to win a game probably two and then I think Anthony Richardson versus CJ Stroud is going to have that player too that instead of losing 2017 because you're not a very good football team you end up getting that late second touchdown because your quarterback is a the highest upside of any quarterback this year or last year uh, mm-hmm. Next year don't count because next year there's a fucking alien in the draft. But like Anthony Richardson's upside is that good, and I think it can show earlier than even like someone like C.J. Stroud. Even though I think Stroud is probably going to be more consistent if you want to go week one to seventeen than Richardson. But these teams are both, in my opinion, they're fighting between that three to five win pace because uh, there's also other bad NFL teams. So like everybody gets a couple wins. I don't foresee besides the Cardinals a potential one win team. Um, Unless L.A. also decides to totally blow it up if they find someone to take an Aaron Donald contract, which we talked about earlier, I don't see happening. Yeah. Um, the, who, who you got in second place? Because I've put this team, I've had the same winner for this division three years in a row, and every year niggas have told me that I'm nuts, I'm wrong, and like how crazy I am. Okay, so let's see, let's see where we're going with that. Um, for me, I have I have Jacksonville at um at second. And probably eight or nine wins. I have them fighting with the Steelers for the seventh seed. We'll get to that later. But um, you're not I a Trevor Lawrence guy. I think Trevor Lawrence is fine, but like, I'm not just going to sit here and act like the the team doesn't have deficiencies. Like they have a really good receiving room, the best that you know Doug Peterson's probably ever had. They have a really good running back in ETN. The offensive line is going to be a question mark with um with the starter um with the starter missing a few games early. I, his name is blanking me. I don't know why it is because I know who it is. But um he's 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 going to be suspended for a few for the first few games. Um Cam Robinson, Cam Robinson, Doug. Mm. Cam Robinson is going to be suspended for the first few games. So obviously that's a miss. When you look at – and um, shout-out to Evan Ingram. Went down to Jacksonville, rebuilt himself, got paid. He played really good ball. It's another good piece on the offensive side. But when you look at the defensive side, they don't really have any real playmakers of note. Josh Allen has been good, but he's not a marquee pass rusher in the NFL. He has the talent to be. Um, Trayvon Walker really has to prove this year if he was worth that number one pick or not because you can – as a number one pick, you can go through your rookie year and people not see it. You can't go through the first two years and people not see it because that's going to be tough. Um, you look at the secondary, it's it's solid. It played play really solid football last year, but it's, it's not a great secondary by any stretch. And like I said, they just don't have enough impact guys on the defensive side for me to justify putting them, again, putting them over a well-coached veteran Tennessee team that I've I'm really coming around on the thing will be – I'm not going to say great, but I think they'll be really good 
Tennessee, and we have this, so we have the same order here, and this I'm kind of shocked on because a lot of people gave me shit for like I put Tennessee as first place in the division the last couple of years. And Tennessee is to me everything that the rest of the division currently lacks, which is um, and I know Doug Peterson's had a bounce back. I know Doug Peterson's had like a bounce back year as a coach, but we've also seen it be really high in Philadelphia, and we've also seen it be really low in Philadelphia. Okay, we just saw the really hard part in Jacksonville. Is it going to continue to go upwards or we can get the really low part? We know more than any team in this division what Tennessee is going to be. Barring, obviously, injuries. I'm not going to predict injuries, and especially when it comes to somebody like Derrick Henry, who's only had one sustainable injury since he was in high school, and he has taken the most physical contact of any football player the last decade. Um, It's like you know Derrick Henry's going to be there. You know Tennessee's defense. It's just going to be one of those. It's not going to be great, but you know it's just going to be good. It's very like this off-brand New England style of like they just don't do shit to lose to themselves. Like you, it's like, it's like get... the Titans. The Titans don't have a Jeffrey Simmons. Correct. I mean the the Jags don't have a Jeffrey Simmons, and it's like that matters. Oh, a thousand percent. They don't have De- they don't have Derrick Henry who, and I know, and I'm kind of high on him too. Like I know a lot of people are high on Calvin Ridley this year coming back, but the the fact is, if I've got to go with what I know versus what's an unknown, potentially high upside, Tennessee has more knowns, right? Like even if we think DeAndre Hopkins is towards the end of his career, DeAndre Hopkins ain't worth eight, 900 yards. And what's a down season statistically for him, for what he's shown as a guy who's a, during his prime hall of fame level receiver. But if I'm getting eight, 900 out of him, I'm getting seven, 800 out of a receiver two and three. I know what I'm getting out of Derrick Henry. I know what I get out of the coaching staff. I know what I get out of the defense like you said it's a lot of good not great but in this division that's really good because there's not a lot of really good across the board in this division and with jacksonville i think a lot of people have convinced themselves that oh urban meyer was just so bad as a coach that everything was his fault like everything was his fault and while i think you'll i'm very much a big like there's a means for most situations, right? Like if you're a guy who wins MVP, that's clearly your peak, but that's not who you are year in, year out. Versus also, if you have a horrible season, that's not who you are year in, year out. And to me, Jacksonville feels like there's a lot of potential. Like they're going to be somewhere in between what we saw last year and what we saw with Urban Meyer. And I just don't think Trevor Lawrence is, and I don't watch college football like you, and I know he was he was the guy like the clear undisputed number one pick, all that stuff. I don't know if he, though, from what I've seen as far as an NFL quarterback, if he is just so great, he is carrying your potentially garbage franchise to continuous playoffs, right? Like, I think that's a right. very rarefied. It's like, that's why people think so, and myself included, think so highly of Joe Burrow. The Bengals have been, besides a few years, and it specifically is a few, where like Carson Palmer and Chad got them to the playoffs, that is a dog shit franchise for the majority of the past 30 to 40 years. And Joe Burrow came in there year two, basically year one and a half because he got injured and took him to a Super Bowl. And I don't think that Trevor Lawrence should be given that same kind of status Burrow's given when Burrow proved it. So I got the Jags second place team partly because I think there is a there is a good difference between them, the Colts and the Texans. Like the Colts and Texans don't have enough talent to compete right now. And another thing to that, to the Hop thing, and I, I I don't see why Hop can't hit a thousand again, but he'll open up so much for Traylon Burks, who it, who was their first round pick last year, wide receiver, who's mm-hmm. very versatile, um, who's a very versatile wide receiver, can play inside and outside, 
and uh, can be used in the run game as well, I think. So it's just like when you look at the personnel, now obviously the question is going to be can Ryan Tannehill hold up and can Ryan Tannehill be productive in a way that benefits Tennessee winning the division? I'm not going to sit here and say he can, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that he can because he's done it before. Mm-hmm. But it all comes down to if if you give me, say you give me, or not even me, let's just say generally people that watch a lot of football enjoy sports as we do, let's say they look at the Jacksonville roster and the Tennessee roster as close or they think Jacksonville has a better roster. Cool. When we look at it from a coaching standpoint, yes, Doug Peterson's a Super Bowl winning coach, but Mike Vrabel has done everything pretty much that you can do as a head coach to not only put your team in position to win a Super Bowl, they were the one seed two years ago, mm-hmm. but he has he has Super Bowl experience as a player, and guys believe in him. He's a he's a leader of his team, and that counts. And and That's if you look at it and say all things even, how how many extra wins is Mike Vrabel as coach? At least at least one and a half, if not two. We well, look at Doug too. Peterson and say. We look at Doug Peterson and say, how much extra wins is Doug Peterson as a coach? Well, you can look at it from, you know, where were they with Urban? Where were they with Doug Peterson? This is still a team that was like two and seven. <laughs> like, yeah. this was this is still a team that, that they got hot at the right time and found some success late. But if you put a competent quarterback in that week, I think it was week 18 game, the Jaguars don't make the playoffs. So... And it's a very That's much what a, really does it for me. Yeah, and it's we we live in a world where it's like it is a lot of what have you done for me lately. And while there's enough common sense, no one's gonna hold the Kansas City loss against them. Um, that game against the Chargers, a lot of people made that like this coronation moment, like holy shit, come back down from 27-3. And it's like, yeah, but if you're if you're like let's say 30 years younger, right? Let's use our age demographic. The Chargers are just this. And this isn't even like hater because I'm root for team in the division. That's just a snake bit franchise. It's just like, who they are. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, you know, you do 27 to three against like the Patriots when Tom and Bill are there. That's like, that's an all time win. Like, that's some shit you write. That's remembered forever. I don't think we're going to remember 27 three versus the Chargers because of what's happened to that franchise in five years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's just it's just it's a really odd team to win. And I'm I'm not trying to take credit away from it, but like I also think there should be some more like, hey, look, A, you were down 27 to 3, so clearly something was going wrong. And B, you did do it against the Chargers. Like you could have done it against 31 other franchises, maybe maybe 30. Like the Browns are probably in that category too. But it's like, uh, see, so yeah, I'm not nearly as high on the Jaguars as a lot of uh big time media people are. Uh yeah. the, the East. Let me say this before I make any prediction. Uh, this has just been like my rule of thumb. Uh, I don't believe that a Bill Belichick team can be horrible. I understand they might be last place, but I just, it's not in my head. I've seen some predictions out there where they're only like a, they're a three to five win team. I just don't believe a Bill Belichick team can be three to five wins. It just does not in my head. And I could be totally wrong, but I, I've just, 20 plus years doing this six rings greatest head coach ever like I just don't believe it could happen it's kind of like Mike Tomlin I'm like I think the Steelers could be I don't think Steelers could be bad I think they could just be not good and so and I give Bill that same respect um 
So yeah, so let's start in the East with that being said. My little caveat there. Um, last place. Who you got last place, bro? Because I think we got the last different last place teams. We might not. Last place I have the Patriots. Um I have the Patriots last place at probably six and uh, eleven, seven and ten. I think that that defense is, is really good. It's probably top five in, in NFL, top ten at worst. Um offensively they don't have much. Like that's no secret. The the running game, I like Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's a good running back. I think that Zeke will be productive. I don't think people are given that enough credit. Um, I think Zeke will be productive in what that for what that offensive system is. But from a skill player standpoint, um, they don't have much. You know, you bring in um, Bill O'Brien to kind of bring back some stabilization to the offense, which I think is going to benefit Mac Jones, who I also don't think is terrible. I think Mac Jones is a competent, good quarterback. Um, not the motherfucker that people were saying could lead the Patriots to a Super Bowl in his rookie season, but which was outrageous then. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I just don't think they have enough, especially in that division and that conference, let alone the division. I just don't think they have enough. So I have the Jets at fourth. Um, oh, you coming out hot. You're coming out I extremely have, hot. Have, like you're coming. Let me, but let me be. Let me be clear here. There's, I think the sprinklers just went off. Yeah. We we have let's 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 be clear here. There's there's some there's some there's context here, right? Okay. Great quarterback, and I'm using great. I'm using great kind of uh freely here. Great quarterback goes to a new team. This is now going to be year four. We've seen of this, right? And I don't count, and I don't think any of us should count what Tom Brady did because Tom Brady is in a league by himself. So let's say three, mm-hmm. right? We have Stafford from Detroit to LA, get a Super Bowl. We like I said, I'm using great kind of loosely here, but like Stafford <laughs> had statistically like Stafford's a quote unquote great quarterback. I, um, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. You have Russ, nine years in Seattle, Super Bowl, no win it, no, or is all the all the ten one seasons. He goes to Denver. The, oh, it's the a T fire. on that great. The T on that great is doing a lot of work right now. <laughs> it's, it's hanging on. It is hanging on. But it's like from where they were. They would have been like like Russ. I think if he was if if Russ is only a Seattle right, like you just take out the last year in Denver, and he just like say horrible injury, he just walks away retires right. I think most people would have said Russ was in the Hall of Fame. Stafford, I think would have gotten votes, um, just because he's gonna ha- he has a bunch of these. He's like the first of the uh, fastest to do this quarterbacks. Like Mahomes is rewriting all that shit, but. Stafford at one point was like the fastest to 5,000 yards, 10,000 yards. Those first couple of years, especially with Calvin, like he was going crazy. Didn't win shit, but like statistically, you would have made a case like, yeah, you get some Hall of Fame votes. I don't think what made what made Stafford work, which is A, he was surrounded by whether they make it or not in that season, four or five Hall of Fame talent level players playing at their peak. Like, Cup might not make the Hall of Fame, but he was playing like a Hall of Fame receiver. Jalen Ramsey, I think, will make the Hall of Fame. It's close probably right now. He needs a couple more seasons. But he was playing at his peak. Aaron Donald's clearly a Hall of Famer. He's going to be in there. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, I think, makes the Hall of Fame. And that was his left mm-hmm. tackle. Uh, and then Sean McVay, I think, now there's a lot of weird stuff that's happened in the last 48 months. But I think Sean McVay, the way he came out the gate and getting that Super Bowl, I think people would have told you he was on his way to being a Hall of Fame head coach. 
So there were th- there were things, these five huge factors that were, I think, were bigger factor than Stafford. Stafford just had to be competent most of the season. There was a lot of time games right. he was ass. Um, go watch that Tennessee game from his first season. It wasn't pretty. So they, they, you almost forget, you almost forget how crazy that was. They had Von Miller. <laughs> they, yeah, they got Von at the train deadline. So it's like <laughs> I got five Hall of Fame players and a Hall of Fame coach, and like the guy who was on a Hall of Fame track before injuries and OBJ. Absolutely. So it's like there's a lot going on with that LA situation, right? Yeah. yeah. Denver, obviously, it didn't work. Whether you want to blame coaching, Russ was asked. Like, there's a bu- there's a bunch of reasons why it didn't work. But I think there's a lot more similarities for what Denver had and put up last year as to what the Jets are going to put up this year. Um, who's the Jets' best player outside of Aaron Rodgers? A corner. Who is Denver? And I'm, I'm saying I could break this down like position by position. Who's Denver's best player last year besides what's supposed to be their quarterback? It was their corner. Um. Offensive line, both of them, it wasn't pretty. Aging quarterbacks that can't really run like they used to, they don't want bad offensive lines. Receiver, okay, you got you got a receiver who's supposed to be this young breakout star. Um, uh, I might, why am I blanking on my man's name right now? Uh, Gary Chris Wilson. Gary Wilson. Yeah, I was about to say Chris Olave. That's because Chris Olave was was Saints. fantasy <laughs> last year. Uh, Gary, so it's like you got him. Denver was supposed to have Judy. Not saying it won't work, but I'm not saying it's a guarantee. Um, defensively, both had really good defenses. But if your young receiver doesn't fully pan out, uh, New York had a young running back coming off injury. Denver had a young running back who ended up getting injured. Head coach-wise, yes, I think Nathaniel Hackett clearly proved he was not ready. But guess where he is this year? And do I think Robert Saul is like this great head coach? No, I don't. Um I actually like coming out of that San Francisco system. I like D'Amico Ryans a lot more than I ever liked Robert Sala, even though they both held the same position. Um, I think there's a lot here that could go wrong with the Jets. I think they are probably the easiest boomer bus team. So I'm just taking the bus side. The Jets potentially could be a 12, 13 win team. It all works. It all goes right. It all looks good. And there mm-hmm. you feel like I've got Aaron Rodgers. I'm in the playoffs. I got a chance. I also think there's a lot here that could go wrong. I think that if Garrett Wilson doesn't become this true number one receiver that you think he's going to be, I think if their offensive line is still bad all year, if Robert Sala's over his head, um, defensively, yes, we all assume that they are going to be really good. But Denver was really good last year. Denver through the first 10 games, if they scored 19 points a game, would have been nine and one. It didn't matter. And we just can't ignore that we don't have a lot of great 40-year-old quarterbacks sans Tom Brady. And Tom Brady don't fucking count. He's just a different class of human than we've all seen. He drinks one beer a year. Aaron Rodgers does fucking you know what in the offseason. So it's like, I, I'm not Not enough is being mentioned about that either. <laughs> like, <laughs> not, a, not enough is being talked about that. But like, anyway. So, you know, it's like, I just, I don't think the, and, and I don't think the, and now that when you get to look back on it reflectively in the seasons, you get to see how stacked like Tampa's roster really was outside of quarterback, which Tom filled in. You get to see how great that L.A. team was. And then Stafford got to plug in. The Broncos and Jets are not those two rosters. So they said, this is my boomer bust pick. And I, I got the Jets being a bust. I got them going in fourth. Okay. So that's when you put it do. that way. You know, when you put it that way, I can't, I can't go, go against this shit. That was, that was great analysis. I, I disagree very much. No, but... that's, that's that's fair. No, it's like because Aaron Rodgers come out and throw for, and I'm very well aware he come out and throw for five thousand yards and forty touchdowns, and I look stupid. But it's like if that, but I think that's your only way it works. Aaron has to be 
Like if Russ was truly still had greatness in him and he was great last year, Denver season looks way different, but he wasn't. Right. And we just haven't seen a lot of guys. I'm sorry, Saints fans, I'll give you. Yes, you had one year of Drew Brees, I think at 40 through for almost 5K. Congrats. You're also in salary cap hell for the next 15 years because of that team. But that's another story. Third place. Third place. I have the Miami Dolphins. Um, I have the Dolphins at – I feel solid going with the Dolphins at eight wins. I don't think that Tua and that offense will have the same success as they had last year, just flinging it all over the place. I think given defenses and coaches um, uh, a summer and everything to kind of see what they were doing, adjust to it, I think it will be different. You look at some of those wins, specifically on my end with the Ravens game, that's a much different – you look at things a much different way if the Ravens hold on and just smoke them like they were doing. That didn't happen, mm-hmm. of course. But that goes to say certain things have to go a certain way for you to be successful when you're a guy um, in – what's the Dolphins head coach name? Uh, it's escaping me. Mike McDaniel? Mike McDaniel. Probably. One of our Mike four McDaniel. black Mike... head coaches in the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Mike, Mike McDaniel. I didn't want to say Mike McDonald. That's the Ravens DC. So Mike McDaniel, when you have a guy, Mike McDaniel, who comes from that long ass McVay, Shanahan tree, all of that stuff, you you are implementing something that people haven't really seen and you're doing it with who is a top three wide receiver in Tyreek Hill and a guy who I would say is probably top 15 to top 10 in Jalen Waddle. You're doing something very new and explosive with how you are running this offense and how you're utilizing two, uh, Tua's talent. But I just don't think that's repeatable, and they don't have the greatest situation with that O-line. You're depending on Teron Armstead to stay healthy, which that's been proven can't really happen at this point in his career. Um, they're kind of all over the place on that end of the spectrum. They don't bring back Mike Gusecki. They don't have a great options at the tight end spot. And when you look at the percentage of offense that they depended on from Waddle and Hill, I just don't think that's replicable in 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 this in this season. And then on the defensive end, you lose Jalen Ramsey, who I didn't think was going to be a top notch corner for them in the way people expect when you hear the name, just because I think those days of Jalen Ramsey being like a shutdown, lockdown, follow X player around the field all day corner. I think those days have passed him. I do think he'll still be a pretty productive DB when he does get back. Um, you look at look at Xavier Howard, who wasn't himself necessarily last season. And then you look at the front. The front is going to be really good, probably. Um, they got to get Christian Wilkins deal handle as a lot of teams got to do with, with uh, greats in their front seven. But I just don't think that what they did last year from a success standpoint, specifically offensively, even with Tua coming back and you hope for great health for him, I don't think they'll be able to do it again. No, I think that's a, a very good point. Um, uh, that That's a lot better than like the, I kind of already gave away like my third my third place. Uh, now we do disagree about the Dolphins too, but I don't. We we do and we don't disagree when when I get to Miami here. Is for third I got New England and like I said I preface that shit with just um, I don't think a Bill Belichick team could be terrible. He could see you, 
she just can't hear you. I I literally uh, can see her, and I, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's <I> hilarious. <laughs> I said he can't hear you. I didn't say he can't see you. God. <laughs> now you gonna try to just to, uh... <laughs> no? Why do you think you're actually? It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> What a show. What a show. You have random faces to myself all the time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you gonna go take a shower? Go go take a shower. That's hilarious. I, bro. I, I literally said Go take a shower. So yeah, it's like I said, I don't think a I don't think a Bill Belichick team could be terrible. Um so I got them in third. Uh, like I said, I got the Jets as boomer bust. So, like, to me, it just – my logic was if I think the Jets could bust, then I think Bill just being stable gets them to that. And I think it is around six, seven wins. Um, I don't have, like, a crazy amount. Uh, but I just don't think they'll be – like, they'll lose a bunch of close games, unfortunately. Because, yes, I agree. Offensively, New England is really, really fucking limited, especially when you got Juju as your wide receiver, number one, and they just think that he got Derrick Rose knees now. Um, yeah, I saw that today. That was crazy. Yeah, I was just like, so it's like, if, you, if your number one is Juju, you got problems. If your number one being Juju has bad knees, you got a lot of problems. But I think they'll be better coached. I do think that there is something to the whole, like, you just don't have a defensive coordinator trying to be your offensive coordinator, which that itself is nuts. Um, that'll go down on the history books of, like, Bill did all these great things, and except there was just one year. We don't know what the fuck was going on. Um but I think they'll be just stable enough. They're like my really less talented Tennessee. Like I think coaching wise, they'll be fine, but just not enough talent there to compete. Um, at two though, I have my other big boomer bust team and it's unfortunately for a different reason, but the dolphins are my other boomer bust. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's boom almost more off like a moral thing. I don't. And this is where I could just totally wrong about this division. I think, in my head and in my heart, I just don't want the reason the Dolphin season could go up in flames to be the reason. Like, I don't want it to be like Tua gets hit one Sunday and now he's concussed again and he's probably out for, I mean, potentially his career. On. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, I would almost hate for that to be the reason. So maybe, you know, like morally, I would want them to be the boom. Um, you're right in terms of like the coaching tree. And I'm a little biased towards the coaching tree. Cause obviously like the franchise I root for their best head coach ever. He started the fucking coaching tree literally and figuratively. It literally came out of his head, then out of his fucking nuts. And so the, I'm a very big believer in what McDaniels can do, especially with it's not just scheme. Like there is like, to me, when a wide receiver is great, it's cause they can do things you can't scheme for. It's so like the obvious example is like Randy Moss, you can't scheme for. He's 6'4 and he runs faster than everybody in your team. What do you do? And he jumps higher than everybody. And the Dolphins have, well, I don't think Tyreek is, I think third, I think you called him the top three, which is probably where he is, probably third or fourth. Well, he might mm -hmm. not be necessarily the skill, like he's not the route guy that Devontae Adams is, or maybe he's not quite there in technique to Justin Jefferson. He's also has something that they can't replicate, which is he can just start running and everyone's scared because you can't catch him. And yeah. Jalen Waddle is really close. And so them having that unique aspect to this team specifically, like they're 
they're arguably the fastest team in the league. And I and it might not even be arguable. They might just be flat out the fastest team in the league, especially on offense. And right. it, it nullifies Tua not having like this cannon of an arm because you can give it to Tyree Kill at five to ten yards. And we've seen him run him for 50, 60 yards all throughout his career. Jalen Waddles and be able to do a very replicable process. So their offense is it's one of the scarier offenses. Like, cause if you're if you're watching them as the opposing team's fan and your defense ain't on it. They can make you look real silly real fast. So I got the Dolphins at two. And like I said, obviously, they're the hardest team to reflect on because it's, you know, it's if Tua gets knocked out in week three, okay, well, the season's over. If Tua makes it through 17 weeks, then you know this is a good enough team coaching talent-wise offense. Like, they're going to compete. So the Dolphins are my number two. At number two, at number two, I have the – Buffalo Bills. I have the Buffalo Bills as yeah, I also have them the niggas Buffalo going Bills. all the way to wow. Wow. I know I know the take was so hot to me because I knew what my Yo, one was. The take that... was so hot to me. Oh, this nigga living in twenty eleven. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm getting slammed. Okay, a twenty eleven dog. It's not I'm getting slammed. Hold up. Okay. No, you gotta talk. Talk let's, me through this one. Talk me through this one. Talk talk me through talk me through this and I'll tell you why you're wrong. So I have Buffalo as my um as my six seed. Buffalo as my six seed with a I would say ten and seven record. I think that I don't. I tweeted it today because I was um shout out to the Ringer and all of their content that they give. So I was listening to a podcast over there. They were uh, previewing, you know, NFL season, talking about this right now, talking about division winners and everything. And to me, I I get the talent. It's a generational talent. I get the ability and the playmaking. I get what he's done on the field, all that good stuff. The the highlight plays, the the fun games he's been in. I get it. But Josh Allen hasn't won anything to be looked at and just say that, okay, if it's not Patrick Mahomes, it's this guy. And this roster and, and this team is constructed is not good enough to say that, um, oh, yeah, they're winning the East or that, you know, this this team, they, they got Josh Allen, they're going to be fine. Like, that's that's not what this is, like. They still have not shown an ability to run the football with any consistency or or show a desire to want to do it. They they don't have a solidified number two wide receiver behind the number one who we don't even know is going to want to be there by the trade deadline. Um, the That's offensive so line has been maligned uh, over like too much at some points and probably not given enough of a of a discredit that sometimes it's not great it is solid but it could be much better if you want to if you look at this team as a super bowl contender and then you go to the defensive side like it's aging it's just extremely it's just an extremely aging defense like you're dependent on von miller to come back from a torn acl at what 34 35 years old and be productive still you're looking at a tradavius white to come back another year from his injury and his and his uh you know early to mid 30 season and be productive for you. You drafted, um, you drafted. Uh, did they draft Andrew Booth? I think they took, or was it Kyrie Elam? I don't know the draft pick up that up my head. Um, I want to. I want to say it was. Let me look it up really quickly because I do like both. I did like both guys coming out the draft, so this isn't to shit on either one of them. But it's just 
it's just one of those things was like, okay, one of these, it was Kyle. Yeah. So it was, it's like one of these, these guys have to pan out for you to be like a solidified corner. The safety room, you have, um, you have two safeties coming. You have one coming back from injury, another who was there for you. Um, and I just don't think that this is a roster that number one, I look at as a, I'm not going to say a Super Bowl contender, but I don't look at this as like a surefire Super Bowl team. And I also don't think that they have they have the greatest the greatest personnel from a coaching standpoint. You know, Leslie Frazier stepped down. I think that Sean McDermott's done a really good job, you know, as a as a head coach, but they've also blown some games that they should have won. Like they got destroyed by Cincinnati last year That's at home fair. in the playoffs. That's and fair. and I get the I get the DeMar Hamlin situation, so we don't want to bring that up. But at the end of the day, these guys still got a, a job to do, and I'm not trying to make them less than human because I can't imagine what went through with that situation. But they did know that, hey, DeMar Hamlin was at that playoff game. You know, rather he plays or not again, we know he's living. So it's not as if his health was unsure at that point in time. Yeah. They they didn't perform. Less, they, they did not perform. And that's – that is something, and you saw, you know, you saw an energy between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Like, something isn't right there. We can try to pretend it is, but something's just not right there. And when you have vets like Jordan Poirier, when you have vets like Micah Hyde on the defense, and uh, Matt Milano, like, they have talent, but it's, is it enough? So, now why do you think the Jets won the division? And we'll go at this together. Because I got, obviously, I got the Bills at one. But So, explain why you got the Jets at one. I think that the Jets are one, and up up until probably maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, I had the Bills on the division. But when I look at this Jets team, I I think that for all the shit, you know, I myself will give Aaron Rodgers. I think that this is a really good situation for him because you have a Garrett Wilson who is, you know, the second best receiver in the division behind. Uh, well, not second. I'm sorry. I just dismissed the Dolphins like that's ridiculous. But he's a top five wide receiver in that division. He's a top five wide receiver in the division behind Diggs, behind Hill, behind Waddle. And maybe to some, that's, that may be an arguable thing is him and Waddle. So I, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. You have that defense that I think is going to play so inspired because they played last year in spite of who the quarterback was. They played last year to know that we have to – literally play a perfect game or we we had no chance to win this game like we just don't so i think that the offense will inspire the defense even more Quentin williams got paid he's taken care of um of course sauce gardner dj reader is a great number two he's pound for pound the best number two corner in the game right now you have um you have a defensive backfield that's really good the front we we know what the front's going to do cj mosley has come into living up to that contract and his ability to stay healthy has helped that defense out so much. I just think that this team is going to gel well enough. They brought in Dalvin Cook, who I think is going to compliment Brees Hall when he's back. I don't think it'll take away from Brees Hall. The offensive line is, of course, a concern. I'm not here to say it's perfect. But if Makai Becton can be productive from the right side or the left side, if he's slotted that way, if Dwayne Brown can be that vet and stay healthy, even as he even if he isn't able to play all 17, if you can get 14 games from Dwayne Brown, 15 at best, 
you're looking at a really good situation for that offense to be productive and that defense is at you would hope it's going to be top five. Um, at worst, there's a top ten unit. So, so now let me before I because I'm gonna to make sure that I I'm very big and I don't want to sound hypocritical. I call the Jets a boomer bust team, so that obviously means there's potential for a boom here. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say it's nuts what you just said. Um, I think the analytical part of my brain would say. Dwayne Brown's been a vet since I was in high school, and my man is approaching 40. Um, I've got my own opinion on Saz Gardner. I think he is obviously really – I think he's great. Um, I think there is I – th- I think if – I think if this – I think the thing he should be concerned with in regards to that he is such a polarizing topic and, like – and I'm not going to – I'm not going to say that he – let me put it this way. My opinion doesn't matter, right? If I'm somebody that says he holds or somebody that says he doesn't hold, but that's a conversation. Somebody going to be watching that. Refs are going to be watching for that. So things he might have gotten away with, especially early on in the season, grabbing Cortland Sun, are not going to necessarily be the same way this year because there's a much bigger spotlight on. He is a consensus. It's him and Sertan going for 1A, 1B top corner in the game. He's on a much more glorified team. The Jets have a lot more expectations this year. Right. Um, and to your point, I think a situation like that, I think that kind of plays more to him, the pub and stuff that they're getting because stars get star calls. That's just what sports is, not just true. football. So when you have someone like that, and we, and you shit, you really, you kind of saw it with Jalen Ramsey at his peak. You get away with a little bit more when you're one of those guys that the league wants to put, you know, the spotlight on and they want to show that. That you know, look, this is one of our this is one of our top top people that we want to have eyes on. And being in a New York market is only going to you know make those yeah. lights brighter. It's only going to shine a bit more. I a thousand percent. And I think against because he is going to be so much overwhelmingly better than ninety five to ninety nine percent of receivers he goes up against. I absolutely think it is to his benefit. I think where he will, and I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but like if I'm going off top of my head matchups, like when they play Miami those calls are going to be a lot more split because Tyreek is going to get just as many star calls as he will. Um, if he played like the Raiders, right? Devontae is going to get X amount of those calls that he would. And so that's where I think those five to six games are most likely going to be primetime games because the Jets have more primetime games or there's going to be bigger spotlighted games on the schedule. Um, to the Bills thing. I So I have the Bills winning, but... I have it with a very big caveat that I think this is the last year they look like this. Um, and I have the Jets at 11 and six at three seed. Okay. Uh, I think this is the last year the bills can do this. And I think this is unfortunately not that now I don't know how long Josh Allen's going to play. And because of the fact he runs so much, I'm not going to put an exact timeline on it, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was a shorter career than some of the other all time great quarterbacks we've seen. Right. Cause he, he runs, he gets hit. Uh, but if you're the Bills, this is really like your last chance to make a stance. Because I agree with damn near everything you said in terms of like, yes, they're older. If Von Miller, and I love Von, if Von's your best defensive player at 34 years old coming off an ACL, that might work for specifically this year. It ain't going to work in two years. It's not going to work in three years. And your man got a six-year. However, shout out to his agent. He got a six and $20 million contract. Shout and out. And eventually, you got to – and I, listen, I love Vaughn. Vaughn going to the Hall of Fame. 
and like, congrats. But when you paying $120 million for an old defensive player who's now injured, you just lost Edmonds, who is your last young, last great young defensive player. Um, I think Trey White just, he's either 29 or 30, but he's like, he's right there on the cusp. But corners can age a lot quicker just because of the nature of the position. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I do think the same way I think that. Um, Trey is actually 27. Damn. I feel like he's been. This feels forever. like he's been right. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but they're the same way. I think like the only way the Jets and Dolphins seasons work out is if their quarterback stays healthy and plays great. I think my biggest thing with the Bills is I'm the most sure of their quarterback, even when he plays bad, right? And we know they do. They're they're a very big. Um, it's like a Mike Tyson knockout punch type thing. The Bills are the worst team to get behind because it'll that shit will go from 17 to 3 to fucking 40 to 14 before you know it. But they've also had a lot of issues in close games. And I agree with you on the McDermott point too. I think McDermott, which is this is kind of the next level of coaching, where it's like, okay, you got Buffalo from a shit show to stable. They're like they're a playoff team every year. As long as you and Josh Allen together, like you were good, nine, ten wins minimum. Um, y'all be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But can you go further? Right. And that's like the the great coaches can go further. Uh, but I guess that's my my bottom line with the Bills is I am more confident that Josh Allen is going to be Josh Allen. And that includes two or three games where he looks awful. Um, but those 14 games where he's really good to great to I think his peak. Mahomes is in his own world. Absolutely. I think. Josh Allen's A plus game is just as good as Mahomes. Now Mahomes A pluses and gets A's far more than Allen does. But when Josh Allen is has an A plus game, and that's why that game from a couple years ago in the playoffs is so fucking fun to watch, is those two even more than Burrow. I think Burrow gets once again. I think he gets more A's across the board than Allen does. But yeah. I think Josh Allen's A plus game is better than Joe Burrow's A plus game. Part of that is due to the fact he he can run, and so he brings a dynamic that the other two just can't. Um. But yeah, I think this is it's it's obviously the NFL is a quarterback game. I get it, but this division is really, really going to swing on how their quarterbacks are health wise, age wise. Um, and I just believe in Allen, who's more in the prime, obviously Aaron Rodgers, and I think less likely to get hurt than Tua. And Mac Jones is a distant fourth place. Sorry, Mac. I don't think you're bad. I I agree with Tony. Like I think Mac's a competent quarterback, but competent don't get it done. You just are good enough to not be terrible. So. And you had the greatest head coach ever, so I don't think you can be terrible either. Let's go to your let's go to your roots, man. Let's 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 let's, check, let's, let's do let's do the bias check first. Let's do the bias check. So I got my own bias <laughs> check, bias and I'm I'm I am pro, and I am I have been since I started doing this. If you came here for me to be unbiased, you came to the wrong fucking place. Now I'll tell you when I'm being biased, and that way you can then make your decision if you decide to listen to the next thing that I'm going to say. But I, I'm not hiding the fact of, like, my fandom is out there. The teams I root for, it's out. It's very much Bill Simmons-like. Like, you know exactly who he roots for, and he doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's going to tell you, yo, this is my team. I've watched the Celtics in 1772. I was there for all 13 championships in the 60s. Like, and you know, then anything he says about the Celtics, it comes with some bias. So, starting with the AFC North, who you got in last place, man? And last place of the AFC North, I have the Cleveland Browns. I see the Browns being, I think maybe a six-win team at most. I think that 
he who I will not name is cooked. I think he is washed up. And this ain't me saying that based on off the field. I really don't think he has it anymore. Rather that be the time off or just the general, you know, sometimes motherfuckers just lose it. I I just don't think he's he's going to live up to that contract. And I don't think he's going to be the guy to utilize the, the talent that they have because from a talent standpoint, the Browns pound for pound had the most talent in the division, but I just okay. don't think that I don't think that he's the person to to take them there. And even before he was there, you go back to the Houston days and you look at the talent that team had, they they did they didn't do do anything then. So it's just like is 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 like dependent you're dependent on him to turn back the clock and be two thousand uh, you know, 2019 or 18 version of himself. I just don't think he has that anymore. No, I, I agree on, I think pretty much every point you said, um, since he was up 24 to nothing on the chiefs, I think I just saw the stat the other day, he's been outscored by over three, almost 300 points. And that's with missing a season and a half. Insane. So, so it's like, <laughs> the, and like I said, during his peak, yeah, I was probably one. If you want to go back to four years ago, five years ago, I was probably title members. I, I was probably talking about him as a top five quarterback. And there's a real argument. If you want to play revisionist NFL history, the game is if he wins that game, he goes on the potential Mahomes career arc. Cause then it changes ended, so much. Yeah. It changes so much. And, um, and I'll agree with you on the talent, because if I'm going even like, like top running back in the division, it's Nick Chubb. Top pass rush in the division, it's Miles Garrett. Uh, Amari Cooper's not the best receiver, but like they're, they're, this is a this is the most talented Browns roster in my lifetime. Like I said, if you're under thirty in that age group, this is the most talent they've had. They have several marquee like Hall of Fame borderline. I think Miles Garrett will eventually get there. Chubb, it's really hard with running backs, but they have like several guys so like they could make a case. And I just. I agree with you. I don't think it's there anymore. Um, not just time off because rust is one thing, but I also don't – I'm also not a, the biggest Stefanski person. I get it. He had the season and Baker got the playoff win, and that was a wonderful story because the Browns are a, a pretty much a piss-poor franchise for the majority of their existence. But I think it kind of was just that. I think it was a really cool story. Baker got hot, and that's, I think, going to be the crowning achievement of both Baker Mayfield and Stefanski. I think he actually gets fired by the end of this season. Um, I think he's yeah, I don't think he's that guy at all. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's it. I think they had a great moment, and to the city of Cleveland, like y'all deserve that, right? I bet LeBron was LeBron brought the new bottle of wine for y'all that day, but it's, 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 yeah, I don't think it's there. I think, um, because yeah, that's the thing too with coaching. Is like I could argue he's the worst head coach in the division, and I really only got to argue with one guy, and I think, and the other guy's been to a Super Bowl. Three, all three, three of the four head coaches have all been to a Super Bowl in this half. Damn, I didn't realize that when I was going through like my preview. But that's a, that's probably the highest rate of any division. This that's is also, by the way, sure. this is the toughest division in football. Like I, I was a year before last year started. I thought the AFC West was going to be, and we have obviously the most polarizing team because that team is probably the best team in football. But pound for pound, this is the best division in football. Third place. I got Pittsburgh. my third place. Same. I think, Same. I, yeah, Pittsburgh to me is, I think they're in that Tennessee, 
and New England category where it's like, I don't think a Mike Tomlin coach team can be bad. Thus, the reason he's never had a losing season. Now, I think some of that's a little overrated. Um, and I love Mike Tomlin, but like, you are the Steelers. You have a reputation as a franchise. Like, y'all got six Super Bowls too. Like, you're not famous because you'd have the fewest losing seasons. You're famous because besides Tom Brady, you have the most fran- you have the most championships of any franchise. Um, and so while I do think there's obviously a clear ceiling here, I think Pickett is gonna be good, not great. Um, I think Harris is good, not great. I think great, the only thing great about the Steelers roster at this point to me is like TJ Watt, if he's healthy, obviously, he can he's gonna train wreck and win a few games by himself. They're probably right at nine wins again, because that's what the Steelers do. Uh, but I don't think they have the top end talent to compete with the two best teams in this division. So I think they're gonna be really I think they'll be good, but I think good is as far as this iteration of the Steelers goes. I have them um I have them at blanking. I have them at third too. I have them as the my seventh seat right as of right now. I have them going nine and eight. I think that from a from a talent standpoint, this is a really good team offensively. I think pick I like Pickett going into the draft. I thought he was quarterback two behind Malik Willis. I like I like his ability to throw the ball deep in college at least. And I, I did think that he was a good runner. Obviously, people can see that he's mobile. I think he was a good decision maker. I think for this team, when you look at what they have, let's start from the backfield. You have Najee Harris. You have uh, Jalen Sanders, who a lot of people people like. I think that the offensive line is going to be better this year. I don't know how much, but I do think it will be much improved, which which opens up the run game a little bit more. On the outside, you, of course, have George Pickens, who is a extremely polarizing wide receiver, especially – among Ravens fans. And then you have Deontay Johnson, who is not the perfect wide receiver, but he's probably one of the more underrated wide receivers in the league. A guy that's consistently 90 plus catches, um, a thousand yards, has issues with the drops and stuff like that, but with great wide receiver doesn't. Then you go to Frymouth, who is, you know, a really good young tight end who could emerge as maybe a top 10 tight end in the league after this season. He's he's really good for those guys. And then on the defensive side, they have a really good front. Can get to the pass rusher. Obviously, Cam Hayward's done it at a high level for years. TJ Watt has turned into a premier pass rusher in the league over the last, you know, probably three, four years. And then they improved on linebacker from from last year with uh with the core that they had. Now the back end, I'm not as high on, I don't think is as improved as people try to make it seem when they want to be cute and pick the Steelers to win the North or whatever. You you sign Patrick Peterson, like that's that like that's <laughs> that says it all. You sign Patrick Peterson. Um twenty fourteen fire. Twenty twenty three. Fitzpatrick is, is is highly regarded as if not the best safety in football, you know, top three, which he deserves. You have you have him there. I think Joey Porter Jr. is going to be a really good corner for them. He's handsy, like I like I mentioned in our draft preview, as a lot of the rookie cornerbacks are. But mm-hmm. I do think that that's beneficial in the AFC North. You kind of got to be a little aggressive, and he yeah. gets that better than anybody growing up around it. So, um, yeah, I think I think that this is a nine win team. The schedule is the schedule's not not devastating, but it's not easy either. So. And then obviously you're playing in the toughest division of football, pound for pound at least. So it's going it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for them. I don't think they get ten wins. Wouldn't be surprised. 
but I do have him at nine, though. Yeah, I think with uh, it's real quick before I let you say your second place team is Dickens, the only player who I think that I'm gonna sound like the old man hating that I think has gotten like more of those like Twitter hyped headlines. And like they say it about a lot of teams, like, oh, yo, this guy looks crazy this year, blah, blah. But like some guys start to get like repeated. It's like, oh, you should have seen the catch he made in camp. Oh, you should have seen the way he did this. I'm the only guy who's got it more than Pickens right now is Carter from the Eagles. They're telling me Jalen Carter is out here, like literally like one hand pushing Jason Kelsey into like the bleachers as he goes and runs down Jalen Hurts. Like yeah. they have, <laughs> they've been like the shit they've been saying about Jalen Carter. I'm like, wait, can we let, and I know he was great at Georgia and I know he would have probably been the first overall pick if not for other stuff happening or at least top three. Picks. Right. Uh, but it's like, man, can we let this guy play a game before y'all start telling me he's just like manhandling the best offensive line in football and is like, you know, like this nigga leap tall buildings too. Uh, and Pickens obviously has it. He's got a fucking like Twitter catch coming out. Like it feels like every other day. And yeah, he's a big NFL Twitter. Like they love him. Yeah. And I'm the nigga who's like looking at it. And I'm like, hey, yo, so we ain't going to call offensive pass interference. Cool. I get it. But like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just saying. So, uh, I'll let you. I'll, I'll let you get to your number two. Let's see if you shock me here. My number two, I have Cincinnati number two, but I don't have Cincinnati number two. Is like, I think that they're only going to be one game off of Ravens. Cincinnati could easily win a division. Like I'm not. I'm not sitting here thinking that they can't. I think I have them at eleven and six. I have the Ravens at probably twelve and five. If I'm being realistic, I think that Cincinnati is. I'm guessing that's your two seed then. The yeah, the Ravens are my two seed. The Ravens are my two seed. Cincinnati's my five. Um, I think that Cincinnati is bringing back his core guys. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be fine offensively. Like they improved the offensive line again. I'm interested to see how Orlando Brown does in that offense because to me, when I watch Orlando Brown Junior play, because you know former Raven, of course, he's he's been he's been great. But I, I'm not. I may not be watching it with the, with the eye of okay. Let me just focus specifically on this, because mm-hmm. you know you hear that he's left on the island a lot, specifically in Kansas City. But Mahomes gets the ball out much quicker than Joe Burrow does. Like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow goes through much more progression with how they run their offense compared to what Kansas City does. So that'd be interesting to see. But I think, I think they'll be fine. Cincinnati's going to put up a lot of points. Joe Burrow's going to be the guy that he's been. Now, defensively, I have questions. I think if the front's really good, I think Trey Hendrickson will be good again for him. I think they'll be able to get to the pass rusher. They they had, I think it was 30 sacks last year or something like that. So it wasn't yeah. as – they weren't getting to the quarterback as much as they did when they went on the Super Bowl run. But I do think that they'll be able to produce just fine. I don't see a reason why the front won't be good. Now, when you go to the back end, I think that's where you have more questions. You lose Von Bell, you lose Jesse Bates. I don't think enough is being talked about that. Those those guys were very important to that defense. And they, that's veteran leadership that you lose, that you don't really want to lose. Um, you get you get guys back from injury that you didn't have on the secondary last year that maybe you missed or you could have used, of course. But they they've got – They've got they've got a good team. Like it's not really much to say about Cincinnati. Like they've gone to back to back AFC championships. They're off a Super Bowl two years ago. Like we know who this team is. They're Jamar Chase, the T Higgins, the Joe Barrow. Um, they're going to they're going to be good again. Like now, do you 
do you wonder how the defense is going to hold up on the back end? Like I mentioned, you have Dax Hill starting, Nick Scott starting, giving them more responsibility. Cam Taylor-Britt's been good for you. Ouzier's been good for you. Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson have been really underrated linebackers in the league when you think about how much Cincinnati's won over the last few years, and they've been a big part of that. But DJ, DJ Reader, BJ Hill, like everybody knows the names, like they'll be good. But mm-hmm. to my first place team, my team, the Baltimore Ravens, I have at 12 and 5. I think that wouldn't surprise me if they hit 13, but I, I think 12 and 5 is more likely. I think that when you look at the Ravens, the only thing for me as a fan that worries me about the Ravens is the cornerback, the cornerback spot. It's not a super deep um, position for them, as a lot of other positions are. They're waiting for Marlon to come back. I don't think it's a super you know, like dire thing, him being out. I think Marlon will be back probably within a month, if not uh, week five. So I don't think that that's something to worry about too much when you look at the schedule early. Now, if the schedule was like daunting early, then you kind of worry about it. But you have Houston week one. Um, Houston's probably might be without three starting offensive linemen. Like, you don't worry about that too much. Mm-hmm. you got the Bengals week two in Cincinnati. That's where it's like you want to see how these guys kind of hold up, especially if Marlon's not playing at that point, because mm-hmm. this is a team you, you're going to have to see him again, obviously. Um, week three, you got the Colts. We already talked about the Colts. Um, yeah, rookie quarterback. Yeah, rookie quarterback in, in Baltimore, so he's like, they'll be fine. Got the Browns week four and Cleveland. You performed well against the Browns no matter who the corner who the quarterback for your team was, let alone their team. Like that's not a team you fear. They'll they go they'll go into that game looking the looking pretty comfortable thinking they can win. And that's not to say it won't be close. That's an AFC North Divisional game is always gonna be a, a bar fight, but that's not a game you worry about as a fan. At least I don't. And then week five you go to Pittsburgh, which is where you can find yourself at three and one. You can find yourself at two and two. And this is a spot where it gets it gets very critical because you don't want to be at three losses going in. You don't want to be at three losses coming out of Pittsburgh going into week six because you got to go to London and play Tennessee. And Tennessee and Mike Vrabel is not coming to lay down. So you, you want to be very specific with that. But you look at the Ravens roster. Lamar Jackson got paid this summer, as he should have. He's back. J.K. Dobbins, um, a lot going on with his contract, but he's back. Rashad Bateman's coming back from injury. Odell Beckham, uh, his first season since uh, the last time we saw him play, which was in the Super Bowl, where he was on track to be the MVP. You want to see how he looks in his age 30 season. Zay Flowers, who has been pound for pound the most talked about rookie receiver in the league. You have him, and you're excited to get him going in this offense. And of course, Mark Andrews, who I think is universally recognized as a top three tight end, um, top two in a lot of circles, I'm sure. And this offensive line is going to be um, as healthy as it's been in ages. You get Ronnie Stanley back, who everybody agrees is one of the top tackles in the league when he's healthy. Tyler Linderbaum, who was the number one center in last year's draft, he comes back. Kevin Zeitler, who just year in, year out, is just a consistent good guard who doesn't get talked about enough. And Morgan Moses, who isn't, you know, any he isn't a great tackle, but he's solid. He plays every game and he's good, which is 
when you're holding down that right tackle spot, that's all you need. You can win with that. Go over to the defensive side of the football. You have probably the best front seven the Ravens have had in a very long time. Um, people question, you know, Adafi Owe. They want to see more out of him going into year three. People are interested to see how David Ajabo looks in his really first year. Uh, he was coming off the Achilles last year. He didn't play too much. And Patrick Queen, Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, who are pound for pound the best linebacker duo in the league, um, if not top five for sure. Those Roquan really unlocked something in Patrick Queen last year, so it's interesting to see how that looks. And on the back end, I talked about the cornerback spot, which worries me, but you had Kyle Hamilton, who played fantastic last year as a rookie. You had Marcus Williams, who is a top five safety in this league. I, I think he's closer to top three than five um, when you look at his ball hawking ability and his ability to just protect the back end for you when he when he is out there. So this this team has everything it takes to be a contender for a championship, let alone winning this division. It just comes down to health, as it always has with the Ravens since 2020. Nah, that's a um, – so I – I've got them flipped. I do have I have the Bengals winning the division, the Ravens close, the Ravens second, but I've got them both making the playoffs and I've got it being only a game separated. And I'm really wouldn't be shocked if um like they wouldn't shock me if they were just flip flopped, you know, one team wins twelve, one team wins eleven, and or if, like if the Bengals won twelve, Ravens win eleven, it wouldn't shock me if you flipped that, right? Um right. I actually think you brought up the one guy though who I think is gonna be huge. Uh I, I and I'm and I'm I'm making all of these assuming like if you're not a chronically injured player, I don't assume injuries. If it's a one-time thing, it's like Lamar, that was his first time getting hurt, so I'm not assuming him to be hurt again. Um, Joe got hurt. Joe's injury is kind of weird. Um, obviously, he had an injury before that, but these are still unrelated in my, in my mind. So, I was like, as long as he gets back out there, I'm like, okay, I'm not calling him chronically injured yet. Uh, if he gets a third injury, then we'll start talking. Yeah. Um, but – so barring injuries, I do think the one player that's really interesting, though, is Orlando Brown because Orlando Brown, and he made some comments about this, I think it was like three weeks ago, where he was like, oh, it's actually kind of cool to be like a quarterback who does like a standard five, seven-step drop and then gets the ball out. And I was like, I get what you're saying. Like, I get you kind of got to hype up your quarterback, but like you've never played behind that quarterback. Like, And I think Orlando <laughs> Brown's a great tackle. But how many sacks have you not given up because you had the fastest nigga to ever play the position there at one point, and then you had Mahomes, who is as good as, like, him and Rodgers in his prime are as, yeah, they're not, like, running on you for 10, 15 yards or, or down the field even farther, but they're just so great at avoiding. And, like, they just slightly move to the left, so that you move to the right, so they don't take a sack. So it's like, yeah, and I believe in Joe Burrow, so like, I'm not going to say this is a major red flag. But I do think it is something interesting that, like, and Cincinnati said a, a a really piss poor offensive line pretty much Joe Burrow's whole career. Not even pretty much. Yeah. His whole career has been a bad offensive line. But he's been so great, he's overcome it. So it's like his first big-time acquisition, like, great left, like, franchise left tackle. Um, but there's a lot of pressure. I was thinking franchise left tackle, especially if you've never had to block for this kind of player before. So I think that's going to be huge. And that could be if – and like I said, I think he's a great player. I think he's going to catch up to it. But let's say it takes him a month, right? I'm like real time, like he's not quite getting it. And because of that, the Bengals start two and two. 
and they lose that game to Baltimore and the Ravens are three and one through four games, that could be your difference. You might not ever catch them after that point. And so, um, but yeah, I think this, I think this is easily, yeah, the toughest division in football. I think it's talent wise. It's crazy. Um, the Browns, I think, clearly have more talent than the Steelers, but I believe in the Steelers coaching staff considerably more than I believe in anything going on in Cleveland. Um, yeah. And Miles Garrett might have 20 sacks. Like, that's totally possible. He might have 20 sacks, and they still only win five games. Miles um, Garrett's a monster. Um, I'm probably just, like I said, also my thing is right now, and it's like it's probably just the trendier thing of, like, I think Joe Burrow right now is the second-best quarterback in football, but I could also, depending on how this season goes, I could say he's a third. I agree. Like, it's just the, the top, besides Mahomes, who separated himself, I don't think, I think two through four and two through five is a much more open conversation Um, to the point of I am kind of looking at that shit season by season, and Joe just happened to have the last two seasons, Super Bowl, AFC Championship game, so he's got it over the other guys I've got in that conversation. All righty. Now over to the highly anticipated, highly controversial, <laughs> who's going to win the <laughs> AFC West? All right, we don't even have to start here in fourth place. First place, everybody knows the Chiefs won the division. It's cool. Fuck them. They're great. I got to deal with Mahomes the next 15 years of my life. All right, cool. There's my therapy session for everybody. It's not something you even need to talk about. It's it's just so like they were they were hard to get topics for because the only topic involving the Chiefs is complacency, if that ever sets in. Because they're so clearly what they did, what they do different than the Patriots is the Patriots, even though they were winning Super Bowls, besides maybe 07 specifically, and they didn't even win that year, never felt like they were so overwhelmingly better than everybody. The Chiefs feel at points overwhelmingly fucking better than everyone. Like, your favorite team goes to play the Chiefs? I think I saw your tweet, I think it was. Um, either it was your tweet, he retweeted it, which is like watching a 10 a.m. game and your, schema, your team only scored 10 points fucking sucks. And then someone retweeted it and put, especially when you got to go watch the fucking Chiefs drop 30 by halftime at one. And it's like, yeah, that shit's infuriating. It, it stinks. Like, like, it stinks. You're like, these niggas make it look so easy. Like, I just watched my team for 60 minutes fucking barely, like, like fight for, like, 10, 17 points. And Mahomes got four touchdowns at halftime. And it's like, you know what? I don't even like fucking football no more. To go back, oh. to go back a few years to 2019, where the Ravens are juggernaut, they're scoring at will. They're just having a time of their life up there. Mm-hmm. And even if it isn't 14 and 2 every year, you feel like, okay, this can be replicated to some degree. To some degree. You feel yeah. like, okay, this can be a consistent thing. And to have the last few years where Lamar gets injured or there's injuries to the offensive line, there's injuries to the receivers, and they can they can barely score 17 when 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 eight isn't on the field. And then you, you know, you wait till 425 or you wait till 820 uh, Eastern and you see the Chiefs in a primetime game or a big CBS game. And they're just out there just having fun, throwing a fucking ball around. Patrick Holmes is making up plays on the field and you oh, look up, they got 40. Makes it's like, what are sick. we doing? Like, like, what are we doing <laughs> out here? Like, what sport is everybody else playing that they are playing? I it's, no that shit is in fucking infuriating. Like, and I keep saying, like, I tell people, I'm like, look, because a lot of people, obviously, where I'm at in California, it's a lot of people that are Charger fans, and I'm like, look, the the optimist, like, even the highest bit of optimism in me is like, think about who's in the division, right? Like, if you're the Chargers, you felt like you drafted your quote unquote talent equivalent to Mahomes, but you can't get your coach right. 
And so that's why you're behind them. If you're Denver and now you think like, if you think Sean Payton at his peak is as good as Andy Reid, okay, well, your quarterback, you can't get right. Like we are all fighting to be not the Jets or the Bills. Like, cause you got it. Like who's going to be the second best team? Cause like during Tom Brady's run, he mollywopped the Jets every fucking year. And the Bills were yeah. a shit show. The Dolphins were technically the second best team during the Patriots uh, dynasty run. But nobody fucking remembers that shit. And don't nobody give a fuck. But you fight. If you win that division, you fighting to be second place. And I'm like, yo, we fighting to be the Dolphins. Because don't nobody want to be the fucking Jets or Bills of like the early 2000s. That is not the place you want to be. Yeah, because <sighs> to be the Jets or the Bills of that era is like, you have no chance. None. And then it's like to be to be the Dolphins is like it's like you don't have a chance if you're there. But if they gotta come to you, then it's like, you know, you you play them hard. Yeah, you play them hard. You got a couple <laughs> you, you know, you get a couple wild card berths, you feel good about yourself, and it's like but man, it's like to be in the division with like the Tom Brady esque equivalent, it's like that shit sucks. Like, just fucking sucks. Yeah, I even put from my notes here, I was literally like Chiefs, and I put Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. And it sucks, too, because it's like, I do think, and this is maybe some fan talking, they'll be technically a little bit worse this year because I do think Chris Jones is a top-five defensive player right now. I think him not being there will matter to certain degrees. I think it'll matter statistically. I think the defense will be worse. Do I think it matters enough that 15 won't put up 35 to 40 points if he has to for the first eight weeks of the season? No, not at all. I think that is he is. And I think Kelsey is going to make a case for one of the greatest. He's already probably in. But he's going to make a case for like the quote unquote Mount Rushmore of Hall of Fame tight ends. And I think even when Travis Kelsey steps away in a few years, I think Mahomes is going to have a new connection, whatever the fuck else steps up. Like, I think he is so he's in his own world of quarterbacks like ever seen that it's just it's fucking infuriating watching watching quarterback on netflix it put into perspective how how dominant he really is because you see it on sundays and you see it like okay obviously it's patrick mahomes like you know he he's he does everything but to see the process he goes through to get to that point and just how, how what it takes to be great because like you you can have the ability in you, but it's like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing with it? And I, I, it's, I can't talk. I can't talk more about a guy who doesn't play for a team that I like. Like he's incredible. Yeah. No, it's the only thing that I, I would, I would have a much, I'd feel so much better about this. If he wasn't in the AFC West, I wish he was in any other fucking division. Because it'd be cool as fuck to watch him. And it sucks because you end up watching him. You'll realize, like, yo, I really like this nigga. And then you realize, fuck this guy. I got to go watch this shit. For fucking and, and and it's like he's got some – like, Denver's never beaten him, right? And he had his very first career starting as Denver. In which, in that game, you get to see, like, he the same play he did this year that everybody flipped out about where he, like, flipped the ball to McKinnon and McKinnon ran 50 yards. And, like, mm-hmm. holy shit. He did that same shit in his first ever game. But he wasn't Mahomes then. It was 2016, so Denver was, Denver was the reigning Super Bowl champs, and uh, Alex Smith, that was his last year in Kansas City, so he was like, oh, yeah, get 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 the young kid in there. Does that same fucking play, and I'm like, okay, so we just lost to Kansas City's back, and Denver had a chance at a wild card if a couple other teams lost. I'm like, oh, cool, so we just lost to Kansas City's backup. Perfect. Little did I fucking know. And then he's got the left-handed pass when Vaughn's chasing him down. 
Like, it's, it's a generational just, talent. Oh, like, it's just, it's you just. Don't, and you don't even know it. Know it like you, because coming into the NFL in that 2017 draft is, is you know, everyone knows knows you know who because he went to Clemson, he won a national championship, he was always in the Heisman convo. Yeah, and neither one of those two goes before Mr. Trubisky, who just that comes out of nowhere. But yeah. you you don't know that even if you know, like, okay, he's good, he's talented, he's got a crazy arm, he went to Texas Tech, they threw all the time, like, he's got the skill. You don't know that you're, that you're watching or, or a team in front of Kansas City at that point. You don't know this is a generational talent, like, something that you have not seen before and you won't see it again. No, a thousand percent. So now that we're done talking about that nigga, um, man, now nah, he could be his own fucking sports show. Uh, fourth place in the AFC West. Let's see here. Let's see how long it takes for Tony and I to start arguing here. I mean, I would hope we have the same last place team. Like, I, I really would hope we do. Who, who you got in last place, bro? Vegas. Okay, cool. We in agreement. We in agreement. All okay. Right. We, we in agreement. All right. So I think we're probably going to flip out three or two, but that's cool. Uh, why do you think the Raiders is ass? Number one, if he hasn't shown – if he's shown us once, he's shown us again. Mm-hmm. I already and... know what you're talking about. <laughs> already. That's another story I'm real familiar with. You want to talk about stories inside the division, I know pretty fucking well. <laughs> Oh man! Like, and they can't fire him. They can't fire him because, and if you don't know who we're talking about, Josh McDaniels is just not cut out for this head coaching thing. Is this? He's just not cut out for it. This is not who he is. He's great a hell of a coordinator. Yeah, he can call OC. plays like like a son of a bitch. But this head coach thing ain't who he is. And Vegas is so cash strapped that they cannot fire him. They are literally stuck with him. So when you look at the roster, you look at the quarterback position, they bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, who I am not as low on Jimmy Garoppolo as everybody else. I'm definitely not super high on him. But put in the right situation, he can produce. We've seen that before. Like, we have literally seen him be a contribution to a team going to the Super Bowl. But when you look at this roster and just the instability it has, I think that they're not in the best space from a – the off the offensive line isn't great. It's not something that you want to put Jimmy Garoppolo behind. Ideally, you have Josh Jacobs, who is a top five running back. He's shown us that. Devontae Adams is still pound for pound the best wide receiver in the game. I would say he's probably number two behind Justin Jefferson. Um, Hunter Renfro, like Hunter Renfro, was one of the top slot guys in the league two three years ago. I don't know what Josh McDaniels has done to make that not be a thing anymore. You traded a top five tight end in the game in um, Darren Waller. And Darren Waller, who was saying he could be number one, you know, two years ago. Josh McDaniels took what was a really good roster, really good team, and just turned it into shit overnight. And I don't know how. <laughs> like, Max Crosby is one of the best pass rushers in the league. He's still productive. Chandler Jones got there too late. If he would have gotten to Vegas maybe two or three years before he did, the defense could be much different. I do like Tyree Wilson. I was much higher on Tyree Wilson than Will Anderson over this past year's draft because I think he is a higher ceiling. But he's not ready to be a dominant edge yet. 
I would love it if he did turn into that, but I don't see it happening with this team. The back end is just it's a lot. The back end is a lot. You have <laughs> like Marcus Peters. They brought in Marcus Peters. Um, I hate that Marcus Peters isn't a Raven anymore, but they brought Marcus Peters in. Hopefully, he can contribute in a positive way. You know, another year removed off the knee injury. Um, you got Nate Hobbs back there. Trayvon Moore isn't awful, but they just don't they don't have the pieces of a defense that that is competing with a Kansas City on a weekend and week out basis or oh, yeah, no. a Justin Herbert on a weekend, week out basis. And I'm not even gonna I'll get to the Chargers, but I'm not saying that as to say they're a dominant offense either. But it's just I it makes no sense to me because Vegas made the playoffs two years ago. They made the playoffs two years ago. They were a really good team. And you bring in Josh McDaniels and you think that, okay, the Denver thing was a decade ago. It didn't go well. He went back to New England. He he made changes. He learned. He, he, he grew into this role of being a coach and a leader. You would hope that. And then it just, overnight, it just turns into just a dog shit show. Yeah. No, it's, I, I agree with everything. I also, there's certain players who shouldn't be your best player. Um, just because of their personality, usually. Devontae Adams, as great as he is, and he's their best player, in my opinion, Um, you don't talk much. And he's outside of he does the whole agent thing, which I respect and I get it. You know, you don't care to be like a super public person. And so if he has an issue, he tells his agent, hey, you'll go handle this. So he's not exactly going to be like the, hey, guys, we can fix this. Like He's not a, a corralling type of leader, right, amongst other alpha males. Right. And then you bring in Marcus Peters on defense. And and I like Marcus Peters a lot. But there's a reason why Marcus Peters had to go from Kansas City, where he was clearly their best cornerback, to where he had to go to Baltimore, where he was clearly their second best cornerback. Because Marcus will get Rams on himself. in the middle of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, and he'll get on himself, right? He'll know, like, yo, I fucked up. I'm going to fix that, blah, blah. But don't let you be the person to fuck up on the same field as Marcus Peters, because he's in your ass. And this defense... There's going to be a lot of people for Marcus Peters to yell at. There's going to be a lot of people Marcus Peters is going to be able to blame for. Like, including, like, I'm not saying he's going to return to being necessarily a top flight corner, but it's like, even if he's getting burned, if you're getting burned too, trust me, you get, you know, it's going to go. I think this is a, there's a lot of chemistry issues here too that don't exactly fit in very well. Um, yeah. Don't I mean, let if, it be, don't let it be a missed assignment thing because he might, he might swing on you. So I, I think this has a chance to be real ugly. And like I said, and, in terms of a leader of men, and I do think that shit matters a lot more as I've gotten older. Is like when you have to talk to another grown ass man who's an alpha male in his own right, making millions of dollars, you better be able to present yourself in a way where like he's got to take you serious. And I don't think McDaniel's does that. Um, I think Devontae plays the wrong position and he's just too reserved. Uh, I don't think Garoppolo is that, even though I probably agree with you. I don't think Garoppolo is a whatever is considered a bottom tier quarterback. I think he's better than that, but I also don't think he's, you could do worse. You could, yeah, do you worse, could, but he's you absolutely not, could. not taking you over just on Jimmy Garoppolo alone. No, a thousand percent. He needs, he needs one of those like San Francisco teams where they're clearly super talented and he's just not there to lose the game. Um, I'll start off third place. I got the chargers. Uh, this is my other quarterback that I think is overrated. And in a way that I'm trying not to be rude about this, Herbert 
is I actually don't disagree, but I know the way you're going about it is gonna be so much funnier than mine. <laughs> Her- Herbert has statistically see this is the problem with like the new age of like and I think this is a problem in the NFL and the NBA. And I don't begrudge either way of thinking. I think there's more of a middle ground where you've got to figure out okay, what works, right? Like all these guys that come in the league now, even if they're just competent, they're breaking records, right? Like just the game is so yeah. much different. Like everybody's breaking records. Like I think we had a stretch. It was like five straight years of it was like Mahomes broke it and Herbert broke it. Uh, not five straight years, but over the, over the course of it was like because Luck had the rookie record for like two or three years. Then right. um, anyway, it's like it just kept getting broken and broken. It's like oh my gosh, he's got the most yards ever in his first fifteen games, and he got the most yards ever in his first fifteen games. I said Matt Stafford when he came out in 09, he was the fastest ever to five thousand yards. It's like this shit is happening really fucking quick. Like niggas hold the record for like six months now, yeah. and. I think Herbert throws a really pretty football. And I think that's part of the allure of him is that his foot, the way he throws it looks what we're used to seeing as like, oh, that's a really good pass. But to me, if you're actually a great quarterback, if you're Joe Burrow and you get a dog shit franchise to the Super Bowl within two years, if you're Mahomes and within two years you're in the Super Bowl, you didn't even start your first year. If you're Jalen Hurts and within your first two years of starting, you get to a Super Bowl. If you're Lamar Jackson and within your first two years, you have an MVP. Like, okay, the game's changing. That's fine. Then let's hold Herbert to a standard of what the game has changed to, which is if you are truly generational, then you do mm-hmm. what the other generational quarterbacks of this era have done. I don't care if you throw for 5,000 yards anymore. That is no longer Preach, the standard. Brother. That is no longer the standard of being a great quarterback, a generational quarterback in this era. Yes, if you came 10, 15 years ago, I think you were I I think you were the next Brady. Fine. Guess what? You didn't. And it's like, and it's why you have to you can only really compare to, to the NBA people out there. You can only really compare in eras. This is why it's cool if you're SGA and you drop 30 a year. And I'm not trying to shit on SGA. I like SGA. But I don't. If you all you do is drop thirty a game for the next five years, you don't get nothing but a couple first team All NBAs. What the fuck did you do? You know, I like Gilbert Arenas, and I think it's a little bit different for Gilbert Sarah. But even still, you drop, you get some 30, 40, 50 point games. What else did you do? Like you got to be compared to who was great during your era, and Justin Herbert in comparison to the other great quarterbacks of this era. Yes, does he throw a quote unquote prettier football than like? Then arguably you could argue he probably throws the prettiest football. Like his passes look really fucking nice. Cool. And I've been told Keenan Allen's the greatest route runner in the history of football for the past decade. Cool. I, I like, but what what is it adding up to? And like you still did. And I live in California. Been around a lot of Charger fans. LT's not there no more. Phil Rivers not there no more. Marty Schottenheimer y'all followed fired fifteen years ago. Who else do you want to get mad at? Like uh, what was the what's my old what's the old man's name that uh. North Turner, North Turner, you can't blame anymore. North like, Turner. You've been through all these different quarterbacks and all these different players who have been great players. Like Philip Rivers is probably going to the Hall of Fame. LT's clear. LT's already in the Hall of Fame. Um, Antonio Gates is going to the Hall of Fame. Like you've had all these different coaches who have had winning seasons, done this, and then you still blame them for doing the same thing, which is you don't get your end goal. And it looks compared to any other franchise, somehow y'all still end up looking the worst when it comes time for big games. Y'all just lost. You all was up twenty-seven to three, and you can't blame you. You can't blame anybody else for that. So it's like, I think that, like, obviously, would 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 
probably 27 teams trade for Justin Herbert with their quarterback currently, most likely. Like, and you know, is he in that class of like, I, I use it right now, San Francisco is kind of my model because they don't have a great quarterback there, but the roster clearly is. If I put Herbert on San Francisco, do I think they win the Super Bowl? I think it's much more likely, yeah, he's probably in there. But I think in my tiers of quarterbacks, Mahomes is by himself. I've got Burrow, Allen are probably my next two. And then I've got Lamar, Jalen. Um, and I just don't want to put Herbert there yet. Like, I think there was still something there where it's like, yeah, you great, but like you, like you're statistically great, but I'm not sure if I fully believe like you great, great yet. And you've had talent there, obviously. So it's not like you came to a situation where you had nothing. Like, like Joe Burrow inherited a situation where you had fucking nothing. And then he asked, he begged and pleaded with his broke ass ownership, please get me this wide receiver out of LSU. That's all I need. Literally. I don't give a fuck about an offensive line. I don't care about the defense's ass. I just need this one dude who's coming out of LSU and we'll make it work. And he got to a fucking Super Bowl. So, and I don't believe in their head coach now. Uh, so much so that I forget his name every other fucking time I start thinking about him. But like, well, that that is <laughs> a big reason why I don't believe in that team because I think Brandon Staley is cheeks. That's there we go. Yeah, see, like he's just, yeah, man. It just it makes. Should the Chargers be? I think on paper the Chargers should compete with the Chiefs. And it just don't happen. And I know they think Charger fans will say, well, we play them close. Fuck, so so does Denver. We just don't get the 20 points. But we're the only team that we like, you know, we hold Mahomes to 24. We just only get 14. You know, it's like playing them close don't mean much. Especially if you believe you have this truly, like you think you have this transcendent generational passer and we've thrown fucking Trevor Simeon and company at him. So, yeah, man, I, I, as, as can come from this, I clearly think like the Chargers and the Raiders to me going forward. Now, obviously, things can change. You can get really good draft classes and certain players come into your franchise, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but right now, I'm banking on more so the Chargers and Raiders being the Bills and Jets of this current Patrick Mahomes era. And even my second place team. And yes, like I said, I don't have my bias, but I can also defend it in some regards here. Uh I don't necessarily know if Sean Payton's going to fix Russ, quote unquote, if that's even a possible thing. But I do right. think Sean Payton plus the Walmart pocketbooks fixes this franchise and much quicker than people will actually um, consider because they'll eat Russ's contract. Yes, it'll suck. But like, let's say Denver has a shit show season this year, right? Um, and like mm-hmm. I said, I've got I've got him second because I do think Sean Payton with there's enough talent. And then if he can just get Russ to be a median like. Yeah, you're never Seattle Russ again when we were considering, oh, maybe he's going to get into MVP talks, but you're not dog shit Russ that we saw last year. Just median, right? So just an average quarterback. Um, I do think Denver between once Judy comes back healthy, Judy, Cortland Sutton, Ted Ingram's going to be better. The offensive line, they spent a lot of money on. That's going to be better. Javante Williams is back. Uh, Secondary-wise, I think Denver has two players in their secondary that are the best at their position. Um, I understand the arguments for it, but I think PS2 is as I think there's if even if you want to say Gardner's there too, it's like they're they're one A one B where it's like there's they're both in the argument. It's not a Revis Sherman type situation. Uh, shout out to Josh Norman who was great for a year and put himself in that convo. Um, the Justin Simmons I think is the best safety in football. 
he led he tied for the NFL lead in interceptions despite missing the first five games of the season last year. Um, defensively, I think they're still going to be great. And to the people that are like, oh, well, they don't have Ever anymore. Well, that was the same conversation when they lost Vic Fangio. They lost Vic Fangio, and it's like, oh, well, they're not going to be as good defensively because they lost Vic Fangio. They were actually statistically better. And so I think the group, the core group of guys, uh, we have actually um, the discount version of what the Ravens have. We have Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell, who are just two cracked out white boys who will tackle anybody. Uh, Jewell had 120 tackles last year, and Singleton had over 160. Like their talent level is clearly lower than like Rokon, than Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, but man, they will chase your ass down like they owe you money. Um, Randy Gregory comes back this year. It's like Denver's defense, I still think is gonna be really good. I think the improvement from what Hackett to Peyton is significant. Uh, a large part of that being Hackett was just clearly out of his just he wasn't supposed to be there yet. I fully believe, and I will probably die believing that. They thought they had a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, and maybe they did, and that's why they hired Nathaniel Hackett. But Hackett wasn't ready to be a head coach. Not shitting on Nathaniel Hackett. I don't care. You know, the man's going to go on, have a wonderful rest of his life, career, cool. You're an OC right now unless Aaron Rodgers wants you to be the head coach in the year when Robert Sala gets fired. But that's another storyline. Um, But to the, to the first point of, like, Sean Payton will fix this, whether he fixes it this year or next year. Um, He is – and if they have to eat Russ's contract and get a rookie quarterback, fine. You eat the first three years of Russ's deal when he's making 50 plus million a year while you have a rookie quarterback, you're not paying anything and you have the richest owners in the sport by a fucking landslide. This isn't like, oh, it's 15 billion to 17 billion. No, the the Walton that bought the Broncos clears the next richest owner by $50 billion. Like this is a massive fucking different world that these people are playing with. And so they'll eat Russ's contract. So Russ is... You want to put pressure on a player? Not only are you coming off your worst season as a pro, your coach ain't attached to you. The GM wants to keep his job, so he ain't going to stay. He's he definitely not your friend no more. And the owners mm-hmm. can literally buy your ass out, which is we just talked about the Raiders. And this is something I understand as a fan, like you don't really have control over. The Raider, uh, Mr. Davis, his net worth is whatever the Raiders are worth. So he cash trapped. He don't got the flexibility. The Waltons, the Waltons could give two fucks if the Broncos exist tomorrow. They're going to be good. They're going to make plenty of money. They're going to be still going to places none of us can afford. Like, they're fine. And so you got an owner who can buy you out, a coach that's not attached to you, and a GM that wants to keep his job. And let's be real, a bunch of other alpha males in the locker room, you got to prove you can do it. Because you was you were yeah. proclaimed as this savior last year, and you didn't fucking do it. So now, you hey, you got to figure this out, or I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you even more sideways than that fucking meme of Melvin Gordon last year. Like, you don't get to do this shit again. <laughs> so, and I think there will be, this is a competent pick. I think the Chiefs cleared the division by several games. I think the Chiefs potentially win 13, 14 games. But if D- Denver is being a second place team, at best is nine or 10 wins. So the Chiefs are, this yeah, is I- not like a, they're close to Kansas City second place. No, Kansas City's clearing the division by a mile. Um, yeah, I think I Denver. Three, I think. Yeah. Like they're, they're clearly class of division. Cool. Class of the conference, class of the NFL. Um, but I think Denver can be competent enough with Sean Payton uh, that I think the Raiders are incompetent and I think the Chargers will charge her. So that is my uh, second place pick. Okay. So that's the next second place pick for you. For me, uh, going going to my, uh, from my, what is that, three to, three to two, I have, I have Denver third. 
I think that I, I think I have Denver at probably probably eight and nine. I would say probably eight and nine. I say that because I think that from a defensive standpoint, I think that they'll be good again. I think Patrick Sutchan, pound for pound, the best corner in the game. I think that, like you said, Justin Simmons, arguably best safety in the game. And I think that they'll produce much better under Sean Payton in this regime on the defensive side of the ball than they did last year. Not to say that they were bad last year defensively uh, at all, but like I, like I mentioned earlier with the Jets defense, you just play a bit more inspired, you know, when certain changes are made. And I, I think the so. change of head coach will help them play a little bit more inspired on defense for 17 games. I think from an offensive standpoint, it won't be as worse as it was last year. And you saw that even before the season ended after Hackett. Russ played much better football. The offense performed at a much better um, rate than they had done you know, throughout throughout early in that season with Nathaniel Hackett as um as coach. I think that I have them under 500 and, and missing the playoffs because I don't know – I just don't know if Russ is still is still capable of being the guy to lead them to where they, they want to go. And I don't mm-hmm. know how – I don't know how good Sean Payton's going to be coming off of, you know, his year off and things like that and, and with – with the talent around him, you know, we, we have not seen him outside of that Saint structure. We, we haven't seen him not with Mickey Loomis. We haven't seen, we, we saw him without Drew Brees, but it was only for what, one year. So it's not as if we saw that for, for a sustained period of time. And even then he still had his guys and Cam Jordan and, and, you know, those, those, those Saints guys, Marcus Gilmore, Michael Thomas, he still had those guys. So, I just don't I just don't know if he has it to be like, um, okay, I'm here with the new core guys, I'm gonna put my imprint on this team. Or if he's he'll be at a point where, say, shit, they're five and six or something like that, and he's like, What the hell is going on? Like, I don't do this. This isn't you know, this isn't this isn't what mm-hmm. I'm used to. And and if he'll be able to turn that around and get them to eleven and six, go on a go on a run which they have the talent to do or get them to, you know, 10 and seven or something like that to really finish the season strong. I, I'm very interested to see. Um, it would not surprise me if Denver ended up second in this division. It wouldn't surprise me if Denver ended up making a run at a wild card, but I, it's just hard for me to see it right now. And, no, um, and to my two, to my two, I have the Chargers there. I don't have the Chargers making the playoffs, though. I think they're probably – a eight or nine win team for me. When I look at it, I say okay. Offensively, they have the pieces. Justin Herbert, I to me, my tears go Mahomes. That's a tear in itself. Under that, you have S tier. There, I put Burrow. I put Lamar. I put Allen. I think that those guys are not on Mahomes level, but you can't be. But I do think they're right below that. And really, I would probably even go. I would probably change that, actually. I would say it's Mahomes, it's Burrow, and that S tier, which can always can always get up to. And then I have A tier, where I have Allen, Mahomes. Um, I mean, I have Allen, Lamar. And for me, I would probably have Jalen Hurts there. Mm-hmm. And this isn't to say that Justin Herbert, those guys are more talented or or even better than Justin Herbert, but they have produced more. 
if the talent and the production have meshed more and and like i like i said i give i i take a little away from justin herbert being on that tier with with Burrow or being mentioned in that same con with Burrow and Mahomes because it's like, bro, you haven't won anything. Like you had, you've done great, but you haven't won much. And Justin Herbert's case is like you haven't won much and you haven't done much. Like you've performed to an extent from a statistical standpoint, but it's like you guys have made the playoffs once in what his three seasons mm-hmm. is like, and you blew a big lead in that game. You haven't, you haven't. He hasn't won an MVP. Hasn't won Offensive Player of the Year. Like he hasn't done much it's just like i'm i can't i can't put you in this top five quarterback thing where you haven't done what top five quarterbacks do like jalen hurts got his team to a super bowl jalen hurts has gotten better every year and you could say oh the talent around jalen hurts like that's fine but the results are the results um so i look this around them. So like, but never got talent around. It's like it's like you don't. It's not as if it's a talent deficiency. Like you have a lot of talent around. Like when you look at Austin Eckler, who was one of the best backs in the league. Um, he has like Cannon Allen and Mike Williams have to be healthy, of course. But if those guys are healthy, like they have no reason not to be a top offense. I think the offensive line is in the best place it's been since he's been in the league. Like I think Rashawn Slater is one of the best tackles in the league. I think Zion Johnson is going to be much better in year two. Corey Lindsley is one of the best centers in the game. That right side and uh. And Jameer and Pipkins, I think, is going to be fine for for what you would want from that right side. As long as the blind side is great, the right side can be just good to competent. Like that wins that wins enough games. Defensively, that's some things they'll be able to hold up. Um, I don't think Joey Bosa will be able to hold up for seventeen games to what they need him to. Um, I don't think Khalil Mack has that ability anymore. And on the back end, obviously you have J.C. Jackson, who wasn't as good last year in his first season as they would have wanted. I think he'll be better for sure. But like I said, I don't think Brandon Staley is just the guy. You know, Derwin James is incredible. He's one of the best players in all of football. But I I just don't think that they have the coaching to get them over the, over the hill. And ultimately, I don't think they'll have the health either. And this isn't and like I said, with my team, you know, it comes down to health. But like we mentioned, as far as, you know, just snake bitten, the Chargers have been just snake bitten for whatever reason for a very long time, a yeah. very long time. And <laughs> no. that can rear its head again. No, a thousand percent. And like to the, I guess I'll end on this note. And this is, this is, it is probably a little bit of hater fuel um, to the, to the talent argument. There's, there's some realism here. Jalen Hurts' talent also looks better because of Jalen Hurts um, and on both sides of the ball. When the Eagles get a big lead, the reason why we found out so many Eagles pass rushers' name last year is because they got to pin their ears back and go after the quarterback because they had a lead. Um, he's the example is like Peyton Manning never really had great defenses, but we all knew who Dwight Feeney and Robert Mathis were because you knew Peyton was born yeah. 30 and you had to throw against the Colts, and they were go- they were pinning the ears back, and they were going after your quarterback. The Chargers, the whole point of how it was supposed to work, and, I mean, if you want to justify making the playoffs as the end goal of it working, fine. But, like, if Herbert in that offense gets you 30, your defense between James, J.C. Jackson, uh, Joey Bo- – almost called Nick – Joey Bosa, uh, Melvin Ingram, um, uh, Khalil Mack, like, you had guys who were supposed to – like, if they – if it all worked out – 
and like they were getting their 10 to 12 sacks and they were getting five, six interceptions, then you would argue, then you wouldn't make the argument of like, oh, well, the Eagles have more talent than the Chargers. No, you would say it's pound for pound. The reason, like, right. that's why the 49ers look crazy. It's like they get out to these leads and then all the guys on defense get to flex what they really do when they got a lead because it's really hard. It's hard to score on them anyway. It's really hard to score when they know what you have to do. Um, Yeah, that's why. Yeah, no, there's other there's other conversations I can send off in that, but so, but yeah, man. Um, so I guess then. So we just talked about the Chiefs before to to we'll end out here on a potential a little playoff preview. I'm not going to hold you this 100. percent I've seen you on Twitter say a Ravens Eagles Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we just, I think the team we were probably the most complimentary. I mean, the Eagles in the end of the most <laughs> Speaking of that, and I'll get, I'll get into that more on, on Wednesday show. Y'all check it out. Um, first gambling show of the season. Mm-hmm. I got the Ravens. That's a little preview. Got the Ravens. You can bet on DraftKings. No, no plug, no sponsorship. Use whatever book gives you the best odds. You can get on DraftKings. Ravens to beat the Eagles at plus 8,000. So that's a good one to sprinkle some money on if you are under that umbrella. So if I throw ten, if I throw ten on that, and the, and Lamar Jackson go crazy, he gonna bring me, he gonna bring me eighty k. Yes. <laughs> hey man, that's a good, that's a good way to end it. Don't forget to check us out on Wednesday <laughs> when we debut. Well, don't, don't check us out on Thursday. We'll be going court Wednesday night. Y'all going to see us on Thursday. But don't forget yeah. to go check us out, of course. And, oh, man, appreciate you having come on here to close out the NFL preview. Football is back on Thursday. Crackheads rejoice. We're going to be back at this shit for another six months. And So excited. Oh, man, it's going to be great. Uh, going to be happy, sad, excited, cuss out loved ones. It's going to be a wonderful time. Hey, man, appreciate you once again for joining the show. And we're going to catch you all on Thursday. Yes, sir.